Okay, this is going to be shoe number. This is slate shoe number 47, 11, 15, 2011. Mr. Brown, after the Cosca Fest. Hey everybody out there, welcome to another fantastic film photography podcast, and I say that very confidently because I'm here in the studio with Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going guys? Dan Domi. Uh, and, wait, wait. <laughs> I have to get the proper pronunciation. I have to get the proper pronunciation. Good diction. Uh, in the past, you've known this man as Alex Loichik. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Lux. <laughs> But now, with the, pro- the proper pronunciation, Alex Loix. <laughs> no. Okay, wait, wait, give me another chance. Oh, Alex Laux. There we go. Hey. Hey, hey Alex. Morning. Uh, Alex is here. He's in from Toronto, Canada. Is that yep. correct? Uh, Alex has been listening to the show since episode three, which brings us way back. Way, way back. <laughs> We're back to season one, and uh, that's really exciting when you're like, um, you know, friends with someone that long, you know, via the internet, via listening to the show. And I'm sure, Alex, I can't speak for you, but you can speak for yourself. Isn't it true that you sort of already, because when I met you, I felt I already knew you. Yeah, very much. Like, I, you know, Alex went to the other building. I went, hey, Alex, like, it wasn't any big deal. Because I really felt I knew Alex. Like, you did the, the Toronto meetup. Yep. Mm-hmm. And since Matt already met you. Yeah. yeah. And gave you a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, hey, is this, this guy cool? Is he, can, he, can he come up? Is he good? Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be here. Well, it's, it's, I'm thrilled to have you. It's very, very exciting. This you know, I find, uh, I find that uh, I uh, get to know pe- feel like I know people more when I see more pictures of them. I've seen like maybe two or three in your Flickr stream. Yeah, I, I stay well behind the camera for the most <laughs> yeah. part. Like all of us. Uh, today is, this is the big PDN Roundup Shoe. And that's very exciting. Uh, for those out there who don't know, PDN is the Photo District News. Photo District News, they publish a magazine and every year they put on this shindig over at the Javits Center in New York City. And if you go there, it's big. Big. Huge. Big. And you go, y- you forget that that the world is digital. You don't even you don't even think about that. You go there, like Fuji is there, and Kodak is there, and Freestyle is there. Freestyle. Ilford. Ilford is there, and um, sometimes like the main school of photography. What are they called? Main media workshops. Workshops. Main yeah. media workshops. Sometimes they're there, and you just everything just all the digital just melts away. Mostly because people are just like you get all the attention because everyone's just staring at you with every oddball. They still make film, film for that. camera. They still make film. Yeah. So I, I got that a lot when I was wandering around there uh, yesterday with my Lycan Roloflex. So. so that's what this show's all about. We're going to read some listener letters. We're going to talk to uh, Alex about some of his experience, what he's been doing with film, what his specialty is. A word has, he likes to creep around old buildings. I'm going to ask some questions like... Have you ever seen a vampire? Ghost, a ghoul, or a bum? <laughs> and when I say a bum, I mean the SX-70 Model bum. 3, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back.
I was just on the Facebook. You invited me to an event called Polaroid Party. Polaroid Party. Oh, yeah, you saw that, did you? Yeah, you're damn right I did. Sunday, December... <laughs> <laughs> Sunday... <laughs> Sunday, December 11th, University of Finlay at the Garner Fine Art Pavilion. We're going to be having a little kind of impromptu party. We're going to be shooting some Polaroid. We want to get the word back out there that instant film is nowhere near dead. It's better than ever. We're going to be shooting Fuji Pat Film cameras, all sorts of Pat-tastic models from the 100, the Grey Ghost, the Smoothing 320. All the way up to the 420, and maybe we'll even have a 450 show up. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. A, a celebration of Polaroid photography. Yes. Uh, let's not forget the, the 600 models. We'll probably have Leslie show up with her Polaroid her camera, and we're going to even have a couple larger surprises in store. And this is what? This was spurred by a burst of creative energy out of Professor Jeff? Yeah, Jeff just came to me, and he's like, Matt, I want to do something with Oh, my goodness. I just wanted everyone to know out there, you can go to Facebook, and you just type in Polaroid Party, exclamation point. You just never know who's going to show up. Okay, let's send me Camera Club. That's going to be meeting up a couple days after the Polaroid Party, so we kind of wanted to jump in before then, even, and kind of just get this interest going. Pactastic. Did you know that this year... There is a Polaroid automatic land camera explosion. Hundreds of people have picked up Polaroid automatic land cameras because of FPP alone. Fuel your passion for instant photography and consider picking up a Polaroid automatic land camera right in the FPP store. All cameras are on my FPP workbench, are thoroughly tested, batteries reconfigured, and ready to drop into your hands. Stop by filmphotographystore.com and check it out. Hey, we're back. Hey, you know, did you guys know that uh, that the FPP store carries the uh, the Polaroid automatic land cameras? Get out of town! And very, just by chance, uh, unintentionally, it it has become like the Polaroid automatic land store. Oh, definitely. There's this film on the site, and there's yeah. other cameras, there's Holgas. Well, they go fantastic cameras. They go for the pack cameras and um, added some new cameras, like the Polaroid 250. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> the Polaroid 100 is very popular, and the Polaroid 420 is like... Out of out of sight. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, you say they go there for pack cameras. It's not really like you talk about anything else. Mm, that's right. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I realized it. <laughs> Last episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are we talking? What? What are you guys talking about? Mike, I, I recently went on a road trip and uh, out of boredom, uh, I was bored with my music. I put on FPP back from episode one. You were scared of 120 film. No. Yes. Yep. Scared. Yes. This guy's not even scared of 4x5 now. Wow. We, we wore him down. It was a mystery. I, I remember. It was like, what is it? What's this backing paper? I don't understand. Yeah. It's, been, it's been quite an adventure, Dan. Yeah. But more importantly, and more strangely, did you really listen to all the episodes? <laughs> no. It, it, uh, I got maybe up to episode 12 or something. Was it like this kind of thing where like, I'm going to fill out my, ta- my gas tank to full <laughs> and top it off yeah. you know, yourself? Top it off. And I'm gonna put FPP one. Listen to every episode and see how many miles I drive. How many? How many uh, John Fidelis per gallon? Or <laughs> uh, sadly, JFPG. John, sadly, John is not in the studio today. One, two, three. Forget about it. But uh, we have his red Sardinia. 
It is. Yeah, uh, we all have a fire hat. We have the Cowboy Joe hat for Joe. Oh. That's Joe. Joe's here in uh, spirit. Spirit. No, On top of the vinyl. Really. Is Joe a vinyl fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I have the uh, El Capitan. Well, John has the blue one. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what's a good fire hat for John. Maybe like a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> vitamin water. children. Put a yeah, vitamin he doesn't water wear adult in his chair. diapers. <laughs> good to know. But don't worry, folks out there, because John is going to be represented on the uh, yes. PDN. You can depend on John. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome, anyone that's listening today. Today, we went to a big show. Big show. Uh, in New York City, we met a lot of FPPers there. If you're just tuning in for the first time, this is the podcast for people who love to shoot film. Thinking about yeah. shooting? Shoot digital. Re- read the read the newest issues of the popular photography and right. seeing yeah. seeing articles about this crazy film stuff. Yep. Yeah, crazy hanging stuff. out at the, the mall shop. <laughs> <laughs> the mall shop. <laughs> mall shop. Alex. Yes. People are going to want to know who is Alex, and why hasn't he fled yet? Who is Alex? Laux. There we go. <laughs> Every time I have to say his name, I get the sheet. Don't don't put Sheets. that paper away. Just keep it well, there. Well, yeah. Randy Babatis on the West Coast. You guys know Randy? Yeah. yeah. I want to meet Randy. I have his his phonetically spelled name pinned on a wall. <laughs> nice. Randy, I hope you're doing well out there. Let's talk to Alex. Hello, Alex. Hi. How did you get into film? What, what, were you always into film? Did you shoot digital? I, I shot digital, and actually I started with film. Um, last year of high school, did a unit on photography in a media English class. Whoa. Since my high school still had a traditional dark room, the teacher insisted that we use film, black and white film, so that we could learn to shoot using an SLR and right. believe it was a Pentax K1000. Yes. yes. Great nice. cameras. Another My grandfather victory. still has and uses his K1000. So. I am uh, new to the K1000, but loving it. You know how I feel about it, Mike. I it's, did a wedding on it. You know? It yeah, seems yeah. nice. I don't have one, but uh, I think it... Matt shot a wedding with two K1000s. Nice. I mean, and other cameras. But I was just so... I felt so warm about it. I'm like, wow. Oh, shooting K1000 at a wedding. Great cameras. So after, after the unit, I really um, got the photography bug. I got some really good marks on the assignments from a teacher who notoriously was a hard marker. So I was just uh, wandering around at garage sales and I happened across a Minolta Hymatic 7S and picked it up and just started shooting. That's the rangefinder, right? Yeah. Okay. Fixed lens rangefinder. Good camera. I I actually still have it. Battery's long dead, but mechanically Mm -hmm. it still works. I think you have the knack. Yeah. The knack. You don't need a battery for that. No. No. No, you don't. I did go digital. Um, in 2005, and pretty much shot with that exclusively until getting a Nikon F80. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing you were a Nikon digital shooter? Uh, yeah, still am. Okay. I have so you a, haven't completely dropped it? No, but okay. mostly I shoot film these days. If yeah. I'm out just shooting for fun, I'll, I'll pick up a film camera. You have a choice. Yeah. Then you're going to go film. I, I do freelance photography on the side. My main job is information technology support at a local community college. You're the IT guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you seen the IT crowd? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And no, it's not like that. But I do to ask really? people if they've tried turning Then you're not a real again. IT guy. <laughs> and uh, I do freelance photography on the side, shoot mostly weddings. And this year, for the first time, I actually brought a uh, film camera along. Oh, so okay. nice. um, two of the weddings I shot using um, a Pentax 645. Nice. Right. Brilliant cameras. Is that uh, manual or autofocus? It's autofocus. Um, it, right? 
Sure. The 645N and N2 are autofocus, but I have the original one, so it's a manual focus camera. Okay. And I used... Um, Take the picture the, already. I know. <laughs> I used the uh, Portra 400 stock for uh, the first one and nice. Portra 160 for the second. Okay. And the third wedding, I actually used my Roloflex TLR. Very cool. And I used... Um, is this it? Yeah. This uh, is the camera. Can I, can I take a look? Looky see. I shot black and white, so HP5 and Acros 100. And Ooh. I've actually found that the uh, clients much preferred the film shots to the digital. They always do. And doesn't it take forever to match the color? Something like with the portrait color versus like digital? Absolutely. Oh, it's awful. Just do the whole thing on film. <laughs> yeah. Don't even tell them. Just like tape, tape like a fake LCD on the back of it. And it'll just be like a picture of cats or something. So, uh, how much of the the uh, after wedding work uh, did you do yourself? Like uh, the processing, the scanning, all that stuff. Um, the scanning I did myself. Okay. Um, processing I took to um, my local pro lab um, right. through Henry's. Okay. Um, they're the Henry store within a five minute drive of of the college that I work at, and I'm known there as the film guy. Oh, that's good. It's always good to be known as the film guy. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it a good thing, like the film yes. guy or that film guy? The oh, film that guy. film guy. Oh, no. not, not as good, then. No, 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 no that, that's no. good. because It's, the film it's good, but if yeah. you are a film guy, then, you know, there are other film guys you out there. That'll be the film guy. The, yeah. yeah, the film guy. Well, you, you need to be like the film godfather, you know, be in charge <laughs> of all the other film guys who come in. Look at this cute camera. <laughs> I'm going to make him an awfully camera for you. Uh, there's uh, probably only one or two other people who bring their film in for processing, and it's great because I can bring my film in on Monday, and I have it back by Thursday. Nice. Nice. So how do you scan? What scanner do you have? I use the Epson V500. Okay. Nice. Brilliant scanner. Absolutely brilliant for what I for what I do. And what's your software of choice? I use the Epson software. Oh, really? There Epson we go. Scan. High right. five. And then I do um, post work in uh, Photoshop. So okay. there you go. nothing yeah. scans in perfect. I mm -hmm. found, yep. um, but with a bit of adjustment to uh, levels, clean up any residual noise that comes in with the scanning and, and a fine sharpening, and you get some brilliant shots out of it. Are you doing minimal work in Photoshop, or are you swapping people's heads and stuff? Minimal. <laughs> okay. I, even, with, even with my digital, I, I try to shoot as much straight out of the camera. Like, so like uh, a little color correction, little color uh, correction, dust removal. Yeah, I, I love that little uh, spot healing brush. Spot healing brush, yeah. just enough. Yeah. Since yeah. I use uh, uh, Photoshop CS5, the Content okay. Aware tool is <laughs> oh yeah, brilliant wizardry. Yeah, yeah, especially wow. um, use that for dust or no. Other stuff? Actually, I use it when I shoot with my Kiev eighty uh, eight. Uh huh. Um, Hasselblad copy. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, magazines are notorious for light leaks. So um, you, can, you can clone it out completely yeah, with content aware, yeah. select it. It'll fill it in brilliantly. Absolutely. I was going to mm -hmm. say, do you use it for like a, if your, your finger somehow gets on the lens, like the finger smudge yeah. or something? <laughs> Same thing, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. We've talked so little about Photoshop on this show. Yeah, there's not much you need to know. I mean, there's the color balance tool. Dust. Yeah. The, cu the curves tool, maybe. Yeah. Oh, curves is some, brilliant for yeah. film. Yeah. And then... Uh, well, you can match it to the, yeah, to the data sheet. Yeah, and then like that's the what I do. Stuff we just talked about, like the spot healing brush and stuff. Really, that's all you need. It is. Yeah. So there, we're done with Photoshop and, for oh. the rest of the season. <laughs> rest of the, oh, very good. Yeah. Yes. But I mentioned to everybody not to interrupt. Did I mentioned that this is show forty-seven, eleven, fifteen, twenty, eleven. I don't think I did. No. No, I think I think we, we we're forty-seven. I law. I I. Do you keep track, Dan, of the E? Yeah. Well, you got it wrong S last time. S3. Yeah, it's it's season three, but 
Episode one was on October 15th. Because that's when the show debuted. That was your season one, episode one. Every new October 15th is a new episode one. So this is November 15th. Okay, so this would be uh, uh, episode three. Okay. Season three, episode three. Isn't it true? We're talking about Photoshop scanning. S E no S three S three E three E three okay O three and O three fantastic for kooks it's the it's it's those TV production codes for for seasons yes it is yeah I see them on Netflix yeah if you have the Epson Photoshop is helpful but there's the curves there's the the exposure in the software before you scan you could make some adjustments I don't like the interface for that I use it just straight up for scanning the images in. I've been working with Photoshop for since version 6. Okay, yeah. And I still use 7, by the way. Yeah. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Working for a college, I can get Photoshop on the cheap, so it helps. <laughs> Did you mention the college? Um, Sheridan College. Sheridan College, okay. Yep. And that is in where? Uh, we have four campuses now. We have our main one on Trafalgar Road. Um, we have one, and that's in Oakville, Ontario. And we have one in Brampton, Ontario. That's our Davis campus. We have a small satellite campus in Oakville on Iroquois Shores Road, the Skills Training Center. And then we just opened up our new Hazel McCallion campus in Mississauga, Ontario. Wow. And it's named after the very long-time mayor of Mississauga, Hazel McCallion. Okay. Are you a IT guy or the IT guy? I am a IT guy. They have a team. Oh, we have a huge IT department. I work with the contact center, so we answer phone calls and email support questions, so reset passwords. From the Cole College? Yep. So you're busy as heck? Yes. Wow. Do you ever get do you ever get like caught scanning something and somebody else like wants you to scan something because like the teachers know you know how to scan something? No, Can you scan this for me. No, I, I get that all the time at Finley. It's awful. Actually, um, thankfully, no. All good. Um, Don't just never do it for him. No, <laughs> but I do a lot of photography for the college. They they know that I do photography and I'm often contacted by conferences and events or HR. As long as they, they pay you. Oh, they do. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so it sounds to me like, you know, graduated high school, it's like almost dreamy. Like you got into film, you love film, you're an IT guy. Yeah. It seems like that's pretty happy, a happy yeah. place to be. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. Good, that's I great. I definitely did, count myself lucky, these, especially these days. Did you think you'd be getting so involved with film? No, actually, I didn't. I never thought that I would pick up film again after going digital and then I remembered how much fun it was and how tangible it is. It's, it's a real product in my hand, especially using uh, Polaroid formats. Wow. And did you really find out about Polaroid formats from FPP? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> FPP really brought me back into Polaroid. I shot, nice. I found a 600 at my at my home church, and I could still... Just sitting there? Yeah, in the uh, minister's office, uh-huh. and I said, hey, can I borrow this? They're like, yeah, sure, take it. So I could still get Polaroid 600 film at the time. Nice. So I picked up one of the last packs at Henry's, and they said, you do know they're not making this anymore, and your camera will be useless. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I shot, I, I really didn't think it was anything special. And yeah, most people didn't until it was gone. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, if, I, if I had a time machine, first thing I'm doing is going back to 2009 and telling myself to buy as many 600 packs as I can. For $15 that you can now sell for 90 Not that yeah, you would. Yeah, I, I think it was like 
10 or something yeah. at, at yeah. my drugstore. Yeah, I totally stock up on those because it's a high-yield high, high yield investment. Absolutely. <laughs> eight by 10 Polaroid's even worse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you kind of put the Polaroid down because you're like, ah, oh, great, it's nice. I actually but- I gave it away to a friend, and she was really involved in the alternative photography so so she really enjoyed that and then i heard that it went away and then i started hearing about this impossible project and started mm-hmm. listening to the fpp and you're going on about the impossible project and all of a sudden it was like okay now i need to find myself an sx70 right nice. you were just turning the dial and you found us on the dial somewhere i actually found you through another that, f- yeah. group in Flickr. that computer oh. dial yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I still shoot film. I should listen to this. Nice, nice. Now, when did you, because uh, you mentioned to me that you enjoy finding abandoned buildings. Yes. When did that, when did uh, you first kind of figure out, like, oh, wow, this is, you know, something Last I year, um, my last year of uh, college, um, that was back in 2005, I started taking back roads to and from my hometown of Milton oh. to Oakville and um, happened across this rather run-down farmhouse sitting next to the 407 toll road. And I... Got out of your car. I got out of my car, and I happened to have my Minolta SRT-102 with me. This was still when I was still heavily shooting. A picture is being painted in my mind. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Old farmhouse, yep. sort of dirt kind of road. And then when you're in your car, did you think, oh, my God, am I going to... Like, did you feel a little trepidation of, like... Yeah. Absolutely. No, you know, some, what if I get shot? Well, what did you think? I guess sorry, not no, necessarily no. get shot. We have little stiffer gun rules. Oh, okay. In Canada. Oh, that's right. It's not like here yeah. in the yeah. U.S. No. Where, where it's like from folks outside the U.S. They picture everyone like a uh, 1880s movie, yeah, like yeah. everyone <laughs> carrying. I have uh, several American friends who either a have a license or I've seen the firearms that they. Everyone's that Charles they carry. Bronson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I've mostly done target shooting. Yeah. I have a friend. He's a member of a local gun club and has quite a few. So was your heart beating like when you went into the house, like the yeah. very first house you went into that yeah. was abandoned, and uh, was promptly chased out by a squirrel. Oh, okay. Got a little I, scared. I heard a noise up up above, and I noticed that there were a lot of drug stuff laying around. So oh. It turned out it was just a squirrel. That but farmhouse is a hothouse. <laughs> yeah. Those drugged-up squirrels. You gotta yeah. Watch. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just continued poking around back roads, finding, finding uh, old abandoned houses along the way, and, and just started photographing them. Found an old Renaissance fair. Oh, the that's nice. An old Ren fair, so... Yeah. Those are always fun to shoot. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, the first big place I did was an old uh, power station in Toronto. That sounds like fun. Now, oh, places like uh, Toronto and Buffalo, uh, aren't there websites that people like, yeah. they're all about it, like the underground kind of photography yeah. for it? They, um, they have everything mapped out. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one in the area is UER, or Urban Exploration Resources. Yeah. So I'm That's active. a big thing. What's the creepiest thing that ever happened uh, looking at an abandoned building? Creepiest thing that ever happened, it was in the basement of an old uh, theater in Hamilton, the Tivoli. I don't know what it was, but I just felt this weird presence in the basement. There you go, Mike. Who is there? Who comes to the crypt of Count Dracula? Who disturbs the sleep of the vampire? 
and the he, basement. And he happened to shoot with the go- he just by happened to have ghost ghost hunter camera. Absolutely. <laughs> so you kind of you kind of just left. Yeah, I. It's uh, a good I, idea. I went up to the to the main theater, which much more exciting than the uh, than the old changing rooms in the basement. You don't bring oh, someone with you, just like to back up. Oh, or? I'm I usually go with a group two or three. Oh, okay, that's good. Other people. The authority ever get in your way? I uh, never had problems with authority. Uh, like, Lex, we know you're in there. <laughs> Scoping out this abandoned building. The, pro- the police can't pronounce your name either. <laughs> no. no, that too. <laughs> no. I didn't look at my paper. <laughs> I told you to have it out front. Uh, yeah. Right here. No, I've, I've never, uh, never had problems with the cops. Um, been kicked out by security a couple times, but usually if they see me shooting with uh, either my big D300 or one of my old cameras there, a little more lenient. They're like, yeah, just... Just don't come back here. Wow. Wow. And did you ever think that you'd like be sitting here at FPP? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I honestly never did. Wow. Is it what, exactly what you thought it would be? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I was going to chime in with my uh, abandoned building story. When I started to, uh, started to shoot 4x5 again, I was like, I'm going to shoot a 4x5 a day. I'm going to be like Matt, only you know smaller. And... Uh, <laughs> And I there's this uh, rundown-looking barn around the corner from where I live. Nice. And I thought it would be a great thing to photograph, so I was going to, I was setting up by the side of the road, and this guy uh, across the street comes out on his porch and says, yeah, if you want your head caved in, just go right ahead. I waved at him and just started packing up. I was just like, I don't want to try talking to this guy. I'm just going to move on and abandon it, you know. You might so, have told that story already on the FPP. No, I, I wrote it on my blog. Oh, that's where I saw yeah. it. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, I remember uh, the waving part. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies to anybody who reads my blog. <laughs> <laughs> how do you get to your blog? Uh, I typed it. No, no. How does the listener get to <laughs> how it? How do they get to oh, it? Oh, uh, it's uh, domiphoto, D O M M E P H O T O dot wordpress dot com. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Alex, you have a blog? Uh, yes, I do. How do people get there? Um, blog. Dot Alex Lokes, that's A L E X L U Y C K X dot com. Okay. I've been there, it's really nice. Thank you. Go to filmphotographypodcast.com. Exactly. See what me and Matt are up to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. um, I actually uh, have you guys linked from from my site. Oh, oh well, thank nice. you. So your personal site as well, and I can now add yours. Oh nice, thank you. Uh, Alex, is this your second PDN? First. First PDN. First PDN. I was absolutely blown away. The only other camera shows of this style that I've been to were the Henry's show. Henry's being the big the camera yeah. big camera chain across Canada, um, along with VizTech. Um, those, are, those are two big ones. Um, but Henry's puts on a digital imaging show, they oh. call it now. It's now called Exposure. That sounds better. Has nothing on PDN. I'm sure it doesn't. Just the sheer size and the number of people and the amount of vendors there... It, it truly blew me away. And did you visit all the, you know, FPP-friendly booths like Kodak? Yep. Uh, we're going to be, you know, going to the tape of our, you know, when we were there. Alex went on Thursday, so you got everyone, you got everyone fresh. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the Kodak... Did any um, digital guys rough you up? No. Okay. Um, just had a couple people ask me why I was still shooting film, to okay. which I just sort of give them the look and say because it's fun. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And what did you have around your neck? Um, I had a 1950 Leica 3C and a 1969 Roloflex 2.8F. 
Those oh. cost like a thousand dollars each or something? No, actually, um, very reasonable priced. Um, the roll of flex I got for three hundred dollars. There you go. Oh. Um, I bought it from its original owner. Oh, nice. So I'm this camera's second owner. He bought it in '69 in Germany. So That's nice when you second owner. Yeah, and it's in absolutely mint condition. After I get back home, it's going in for its annual cleaning. Keep it in the shape right. it's in. You clean it? No, I take it to a tiny store in Hamilton called Camtech. Mm. Um, great, great store, especially if you have classic equipment. The guy there uh, really knows his stuff. It's at five eight eight Concession Street. And what's what is the town? Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, Hamilton. It sounds yeah. like you have a nice. Place up there in Canada, you have yeah, like film stores. Yeah. You have a, a repair store, yeah. right? I wish I had a repair store around. I gotta like pack my cameras up whenever I want them cleaned, and yeah. I gotta pay like who knows how much. Is this epidemic of shooting digital photography uh, as rampant in Canada as it is here? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the Henry Show is called was called the Digital Imaging Show. It's a problem, man. Matt's looking at me. It's a problem. It's digital. It, 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 well, you know, it's just I think it's it's trending that people are kind of like they're even realizing like yeah. we can't keep buying these. I these heard new, that these new cameras every two years, like they're they're well, fighting I mean, it a little bit. My D three hundred is uh, three years old now, and I thought I was going to replace it, but decided not to. Yeah, and you pro- went for the film. Yeah, I decided to That's invest. What a lot more. of folks are doing. We're not digital snobs, by the way. Uh, no, you know, it's yeah. like I have a little digital camera over there. You saw yeah. it I sold mine so yeah. I could buy some film. That's <laughs> an awesome story. I, I have yeah. I have two digitals. I have my D three hundred as my main. And uh, an Olympus EP1. They're amazingly practical. Oh, the EP1 travels to and from work with me. Yeah. Actually, I keep a Trip 35 in my desk. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's perfect. Instead of a flask, there's a Trip 35 when he opens yeah. the door. Did you have any one-on-one <laughs> interactions? Shot. Any interactions with the folks at PDN, or you kind of just l- lurked? Uh, yeah. Um, I chatted a lot with the uh, Kodak guy and really chatted about their their film stock. And uh, another gal came over, and she had actually just gotten a Nikon F. Oh. So she wanted to know which film stock she should use of the free samples they had. All of them. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, you can choose uh, two rolls of 120 or one of 35, and they have the Ektar 100, brilliant mm. film. Um, both of the uh, Portra stocks, the 160 and the 400. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Max and Tri-X. Ooh. Special. Yeah, so she ended up going with the Ektar 100. You choose one? Yeah, I, I went to Ektar 100 as well. Now, have you Back shot any Portra 160 or 400 this year? Yeah. Um, I the shot weddings. The weddings. Oh. Um, Lauren Mark in May, that was on the 400, and then Connie and Ewan in August on the 160. That's nice. And what, what you, uh, you know, I was sitting with Matt at the uh, world-famous Carnival Spot Pizzeria. Fabulous pizza. Mm. And uh, Matt was showing me some wedding uh, photography shot with Portra 400 and 160, Once, right? It was all 160. And then the formals were on expired Portra. Now, nice. when you, <laughs> your weddings, do you do the uh, film and you shoot digital? Yes. Okay. So um, I, mostly, film one. I, I mostly stick to the film for the formals. Okay. A um, little more controlled. And you're doing the Portra? Yeah, and except for the September wedding that I did on black and white. And oh. I actually shot some film during the ceremony also. The ceremony I used uh, HP5 from Ilford and uh, Across 100 for the formal stuff. What are your thoughts on the result of looking at your portrait film, uh, you know, your wedding portrait work? Um, I love the 400 stock um, simply because it allows you, even you use it on a bright day and you can get a really nice sharp depth of field. I was shooting at about F10, F11 the entire time. must be nice to have a film, if you're Kodak, to have a film that no one dislikes. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's and I should point out we're not like uh, being sponsored by Kodak or anything. We just really like their stuff. Really do. However, uh, Michael Rosso at filmphotographyproject.com. <laughs> if you would like more, to sponsor, yeah, I'd be more than happy to talk <laughs> about a sponsorship. Yeah, we can go on the road. We can get like a Winnebago and deck it out with like a big Kodak. Winnebago. No. Lone Star. Oh, Sorry. No, not a Winnebago. Oh, space Come on. VW Microbus. VW Even Microbus. better. It should be like not a really, Chevy <laughs> or something American made, right? I had to bring in a VW reference for my friend Julie. Okay. Um, she uh, she was the one who retaught me how to do black and white film in the darkroom. Oh, so okay. She's a big fan of VW, and her boyfriend's actually a mechanic for VW. Oh, cool. But no, we should we should pile all into the gray ghost you lent me. Oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. In a minute. <laughs> oh, but no. Mr. Eastman, if you're listening, sir, Mr. Eastman, I think he's dead. We will <laughs> we'll go coast to coast in our buggy. An Eastman Kodak buggy, whatever it is. Yeah. We'll, we'll, film it, it. we'll film it all on Super 8. And we'll, have, we'll be giving away film driving across the country. And the funny part is, like, everyone will be just looking at us like we're crazy. Let's, let's get a taxi because it's already yellow. Yellow. We'll just, we'll just paint Spray Kodak, paint on, Kodak the on it. Absolutely. I like the idea. Sprockets on the side. I bet Sprockets. You, I bet you, how many people can we turn from digital to film if we drove coast to coast? Hit colleges. Hit colleges? Hit Probably yeah. quite a few. Yeah. 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 Because the, the kids love, love film. Oh, and you w- see it in those uh, Red Bulls? things the the red bull trucks they just yeah. toss out red bull and we're free. easy we'll like yeah. bunk we'll we'll bunk we'll stack stack ourselves we'll be stackers <laughs> yep. we don't eat much just a few mr browns and some candy <laughs> <laughs> but this portrait 400 something else absolutely and so versatile now at first i was a little resistant because i like the lean towards the red with the the i like the ektar look a little bit more so do I. You know what it is? You like the Kodachrome look. I do. Yeah. Well, I do like the Kodachrome. Well, is very close to Kodachrome. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, it really is trendy in a way. You know yeah. how, like, um, you see so many pictures on Facebook. Everything leans towards yellow-green these days. Very yeah. It's yeah. very trendy. People you, want to look cross You go see a movie and you see, yeah. you know, the scenes color-corrected to lean yeah. towards yellow. Did you have an issue with that at first? Trying to like pump magenta into the shots. No, <laughs> a Actually, lot of people. I found that Kodak, when I scan it, leans very much already towards magenta. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to reduce the amount of magenta really to get a more natural color feel to them. Okay. I've heard of people scanning Ektar and it comes out uh, too blue for them. Yes. I've never had that problem. But, um, uh, I when I was first shooting Ektar and scanning my own, I was having problems with it okay. going to. Did blue. you did you find a good fix for it? Yeah, just play it by eye. It's just okay. the, it's the film based. It's a little more magenta. If you even look at some some negs, okay. it's, it's a little more magenta than your for, your as, portrait. As Matt Mirage says, uh, portrait is very scannable. What was that word you used? You say it's very uh, very scannable. Yeah, very good. scannable. I found Looking. that most Kodak films are really easy to scan. A lot easier than Fuji stock. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. I went back into my archives. I miss Kodachrome. Yeah. Like, I just loved it, and I only shot it for two years, and were yeah. you shooting it? I, I yeah, I was shooting. Um, I got three rolls of Kodachrome 64 from a member of my church, and it was stored pretty poorly. Oh, um, So okay. the results... Oh. We're poor? We're very poor. Yeah. Did you get any good roles in any of that time? No. But again, after hearing about it, more about it from the FPP, I went on eBay and got a couple of cold store rolls from from Jersey, actually. Yeah. Is it that guy who was selling them for eight bucks a pop? I think so. Yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. Oh, I don't know who he is, but he's a saint in my book. And at the expiration of Kodachrome processing, he still had blocks. Yeah. Oh, my God. He had bricks and bricks of Kodachrome. He was in New Jersey? 
Yeah. Yeah. Some guy in New Jersey. And the film was good. Oh, that's I, that's, absolutely. that's virtually I, every role that I then shot. I was fearless. I'd be popping rolls of Kodachrome 64 in my Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim going. I out. did one of that too. Yeah, I was. I had the uh, Black Slim Devil, and I did the uh, Kodachrome in that. They look great. Great Ultra Wide and Slim. <laughs> Ultra Wide and Slim. Guys shooting to the sun, but other than that, <laughs> well, for the most part, I used um, my Nikon F3. Uh, right. Fantastic camera. Absolutely. Alex, what's your go-to film? Like, just It's just an average day. You're like, oh, I'm going to, you know. Oh, man. Um, it would either be Kodak Tri-X okay. or Ektar 100. Okay. Very um, nice. Especially um, for shooting in abandoned buildings. If I haven't been there before, I'm not too sure about the lighting conditions. Right. Go with the higher speed or the... Yeah. Um, actually, it really, yeah, it depends on the day. If it's a nice bright day, I'll bring the Ektar 100 and it will just sing. Or mm-hmm. if it's a more darker, grittier environment, I'll go with the Tri-X. And what's your um, your processing scenario like? Are you, do you have a lab you use or are you sneaking into the bathroom late at night? How's it work? <laughs> uh, for the most part, I use uh, a lab. I use Henry's. I was able to do some developing over the summer. Right. Hearing a lot about this Henry's. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Will they, can we, I send a roll to Henry and they'll send it to me here in Jersey? No, they don't do the <laughs> mail-in stuff, sadly. Well, so, we've been talking a lot about American labs, so it's only yeah. fair we yeah. uh, No, this about. is the one I, I bring it in. I tell them what it is and what I want done with it, and they're going to have a fit when I bring in all the film I shot. How far are you from Toronto? Uh, about half an hour. Half an hour. That Toronto's something else. Yeah. They got a lot it's of nice big. stuff there. It's I was clean. up there yeah. for the Rue Morgue Festival of Fear. They nice. do it with some kind of comic book. Yeah, it's called Fan Expo. Fan Expo. Nice. And they New do. <laughs> they cover anime, sci-fi, comic book, gaming, yeah. and horror. I just turned to Matt because I know that myself <laughs> and Lauren Bagley are well, like we, dressing we, in costumes. Yeah, we do, we, yeah. we cosplay. We do the anime conventions and comic yeah. cons. I, yeah. I, I should, yeah. cosplay also at those conventions. Lean more towards the. Uh, wow, what if like you're I, the nemesis and like you meet in a costume? <laughs> I mostly do no. sci-fi. Okay. I, uh, so, uh, oh, 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 damn it. Who's that? Uh, let's see who this is. Hello? This is Mike Rosso. Okay. Where, where, like, where, what's your 20? Like, what are you standing in front of? <laughs> what's your 20? Oh, uh, there's like a big anchor there. It it's, it's, looks like it could be an anchor, but it's really just a white piece of concrete. <laughs> All right. Why don't you stay there, and I will go uh, come and get you. Fantastic. Okay, that was uh, that was uh, Mr. Eastman calling. <laughs> he, he I didn't know the, he had cell phone. He heard, he heard the show, and uh, he's he's here at Butler Center. Fantastic. He said something, awesome. he said something about uh, a sponsorship deal. Oh, great! So nice. we're gonna take a quick break, uh, really quick break, and we're gonna come back and chat more about film, of course, and then PDN it up and all that. So don't go away. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running through 2012. Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. That's right, yeah. Support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. 
Is this Angela? Yes. Th- this is Mike Rasso. No, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. We're like like full force FPP today. Oh, okay. It's it's it's, oh, it's five of us. Is anyone listening? Yes, everyone's listening. Uh, did you get my message to uh, um? Oh. <laughs> about John about the keyboard? Yeah. Oh yeah, but John's not here. <laughs> Is he part of you people? What's oh we have uh, the two regulars Matt and Dan. And uh, not so regular, but first time in the studio, Alex, and oh, wow. the, and the new guy, Hunter. He's a student. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. So um, it's gonna be five of I'm us. Thrifting through a house Oh, oh, really? Yeah. You're thrifting through a house right now? Yeah, I'm standing in somebody's bedroom. <laughs> Is there? Have you found a Polaroid automatic land camera 450? Screw that! Another trip. No. How about a trip 35? Have you found that? No. Somebody wanted five dollars for. A Polaroid 600? Five bucks? Not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. so I just told them they were nuts. Then I came to this now and I saw this uh, Yamaha in a beautiful case and I thought, oh, we'll get that for done. Oh, Yamaha <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well, we're going to be coming up to the max, but I'll call you later. Okay. Great. Thank you. Bye, Angela. Bye. 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 Take care. Bye. Uh, Hey, we're back. Uh, You know, um, Matt, uh, most of the year I've had not run any donate um, spots. Campaigns, right? Yeah. I kind of just like mellowed out, but, um, you know, I just kind of forgot about it. Oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, like most shows, they go like, okay, we need to pay the bills now, so we're going to our sponsor. We're yeah. like, hey, man, we can't NPR. pay our bills, so we're going to our sponsor. <laughs> but I just want everyone to know out there who's listening, as I said in the last episode. Last episode? This is a listener-sponsored show. Very much. We're, yeah. Yep. And the show is run, although the show is not an official uh, like New Jersey not-for-profit organization, at <laughs> this point, the show is run that way. Very much so. Yeah, everyone should know that we're volunteer. No one's paid for anything. And since the show is now three years old, the show has actually become something. So now has incurs all these fees, which are paid for uh, offset by, of course, listener donations. Yep. Yeah. FPP store. And my wallet. Yeah. And I mentioned to, to Matt, I'm like, oh, man, my wallet's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> we have our internet costs, studio and utilities. Giveaways, of course. It adds which, up quick. Yeah. It adds up real quick. It adds up quick. And the giveaways, you have to understand... You know, if we're giving away the Argus 75, it costs FPP anywhere from like 6 to $25 to ship it. Especially, especially, yeah. especially when they win it and they're in Singapore. And That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and the winner is Singapore. And like, where's Mike? Yeah. Oh, he's sunk in his seat. <laughs> um, so we have all our postage. And, of course, our, call our education program. Which Ooh, education <laughs> program, yeah. The videos are professionally shot and uh-huh. uh, professionally edited. And, it's hard, you know, not everyone's going to volunteer their time. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just take that into account. If you can go to our donate, if you have a camera or film that works, we'll, we'd love to have it to pass it along. And, of course, we understand, folks out there, these are tough times. But if some people, you know, that, like, have. under the mattress have, yes. has, mm-hmm. like that stash in the mattress. Oh, all the money. Yeah. 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 Keeping, keeping it safe from the feds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
definitely put that to good use. Um, so we would, we would not give it to the feds. We would use <laughs> no, it exactly. Properly. So just keep our shoes going. Yeah, keep yeah. help. It'll help keep keep our shoes going. So uh, with that, thank you very much. And um, I was also going to speak a little bit about before we took our break. Uh, what were we talking about, Alex? Film. <laughs> we started talking about Alex. <laughs> Alex's experience at the PDN, I and then guess. we trailed off to. Everything, weddings, abandoned buildings, and we're stuff. We're gonna pick up. We're gonna have Alex back as a guest. We're gonna pick up the whole film thing again. We have plenty yeah. to talk about. Plenty yeah. to talk oh, yeah. about. Hey, before we get to the PDN, uh, I do want to uh, talk about the camera we're giving away this show, and right. I'm very excited. We're giving away a Canon F1. F. And I, w- I want to thank everyone, listeners, who have been sending in uh, donations. Next show, I have a list of like all. Crazy stuff that's been coming in that we're gonna really, be really good stuff. Yeah, really good. This is your hat or somebody else? That's my hat. Oh, you got you a small head. That's incredible, Dan. <laughs> Everyone's getting a picture of Dan wearing the one guy does one thing and then hats. the other five guys just take pictures of it. Look this way, Dan. Uh, Joey, well, K, hang on. Joey K was saying he's like he was a, a Joey K, Joey K was at the. Um, Midwest meetup. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, I can't believe it. You guys are nuts. You guys are like shooting each other. You see that one shot? Yeah. It looks like a scene from Reservoir Dogs. We're all shooting each other. <laughs> yeah, that might have been mine. I, don't, I got one shot like that. Like Maybe somebody else. We're all shooting each other's yeah. cameras. Got it's Chris, a Mexican standoff. You got Chris Fizio <laughs> shooting a camera on the, on the ground. Yep. We're giving away. First of all, listener Johnny Brown sent an amazing box of cameras. A cannon box. <laughs> No, Johnny Brown. <laughs> he sent a cannon box. I mean, he, he did. He sent a cannon of films. <laughs> cannon box with, with. with a Canon F1, uh, an AE1, and in the box was tucked away an Olympus Trip 35. <laughs> Ooh. So this show. What show? We're giving away a Canon F1 camera. Yeah. Our good camera. friend, mm. FPP contributor Brian Moore, is writing a blog about the Canon F1. Yeah. Uh, any of you guys Canon F1 users? I actually own a Canon F1. You do? Speed up, heavy as heck. and uh, Solid camera. Yeah, absolutely. I might end up getting one, to be really? honest. It's got a nice viewfinder. I like it. I'd like, you know what, Dan? I'd like to see it. you get a Canon. That would be nice. Uh, it was going to be either Ooh. that or the Ooh. FE2. Yeah, you like that? That's sweet. Yeah. Nice heavy sound on that shutter. This yeah. is Ooh. a really amazing camera. Yeah. Yeah, tank really and you guys is. know anything about this camera? Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was researching that Canon F1 was like their flagship camera. It was like army issue even. Really? Um, yeah. Basically, it's built like a tank. It's it's their top of the line camera for so many years. It takes the FD lenses. Matt's I mean, telling me that uh, the meter's working great. Oh meter's yeah, working. Yeah. Do you have to? There's an on-off switch right there in the back. Oh okay. okay. Nice. nice. And what's that? There's, there's also something special on the back that you didn't see very often. What's oh the uh, the data back. Yeah. Uh, that that what that just puts the uh, it date. Imprint, it'll imprint the date on the back. Year, year month, yeah. day. Well, this yeah, was yeah. important for scientific and maybe military uh, yeah. uses on the camera. Yeah, you know, it, I mean it. It uh, keeps track of the date, so you don't have to keep like notes if it's important. F one. Yeah. yeah. Canon. Great. Uh, camera. All you need to do is go to filmphotographyproject.com. That's our main site. Yeah. And hit. hit Click giveaways. You hit giveaways. Click giveaways. Like click click. Hit click giveaways. You hit giveaways. Like click 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 click. And <laughs> you go People there. People don't know how to click, Mike. Come on. And you fill it out, and it, it is going to say. There's going to be a line that says how 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 to phonetically spell. How how do we pronounce your name? Very important. Fill yeah. that out. I've gotten a few like. Are you kidding? Kind of. No, we're not kidding. No. no. 
Sweet. How? how you don't know. you want to be on the show? Yeah. <laughs> what show? Yeah, I don't want to say that. You know, it's it's we just we won't disqualify you if you give like a smart ass re- response. No, no. Oh, I've read a couple smart. But ones. we will treat you like a smart ass. <laughs> so uh, this is a really top notch camera. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Speaking of Charles Bronson, here's Bronson doing a 1950s TV spot for. GE battery test lights. Here's one of the greatest little gadgets a camera fan can own. The battery test light that checks your flash batteries to make sure there's enough power to set off your flash bulb. Before you load film into your camera, put the battery test light in the reflector and click the shutter. That bright glow of light tells you your flash equipment's as dependable as your GE flash bulbs. It means no more missing those once-in-a-lifetime pictures because your flash gun batteries are dead. And here's what does it. A GE battery test light. And it's yours free when you buy a dozen GE flash bulbs. Either number fives or Powermite M2s. Just look for these displays at the camera corner of your favorite store. Get your GE flash bulbs and reach for your GE battery test light. And remember, it's free when you buy a dozen GE flash bulbs. So get yours in a hurry while they last. Hey, we're back. <laughs> Alex stepped out. He's, uh, I hear he's driving around looking for a Tim Hortons, which means he'll be back in like an hour. He should try Dunkin' Donuts. He should try Dunkin', yeah. Dunkin'. Do you like Devil Dogs, Dan? I've never had a Devil Dog. They look delicious. If I, <laughs> if I Drake's? Yeah. I've never heard of Drake's. Okay. Hey, we're back, and uh, the exciting thing is is we're ready to roll in our, our sound bites from the PDN show uh, that took place the 29th. We went Saturday, Saturday the 29th. Of last the, day. Yeah. Last day. Jacob Javits Center. Had a blast. Blast. An yeah. Arctic blast as well. Yeah, a blast. <laughs> I would call it the day. The day was a complete burst of energy. It was a whirlwind, yeah. Mike. I, I yeah, like nuts. It was um, myself, Dan, Matt, John Fideli. Dane Johnson. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Louis Mendez. Yeah. Mendez showed up. No I, affiliation with the podcast. Just showed up. Yeah, no affiliation with like the podcast. The planets had perfectly aligned at the, at the front of the Javits Center, and it just came together. Yes. Yeah. It, just amazing. Amazing. The Kodak booth was amazing. The, the, Fu, the Fuji booth Fuji was a huge surprise. Was a, was a, was yeah. a firebomb of film. <laughs> film on fire. Yeah. And first, the first thing we did was we met in the lobby, and uh, everyone kind of gathered. And that lobby experience turned out to be what an hour and a half, yeah. easily. Yeah, it was like everybody was like slowly trickling in. We were always like you know grabbing interviews, grabbing pictures, so it had a good flow to it. So we have some sound bites from some uh, folks, the FP peers, as I call them. And uh, first up was our good friend Chris Christopher Ficcio. The the facial hair. I don't know if you noticed, it changes every time. I thought he had a really good look going. Yeah. Chris was sporting um, a tie, yeah. very well-groomed, nice beard, and as enthusiastic as always about shooting film. Always. What are we waiting for? Let's roll them in. Yeah, here's, here's Chris. Hey, I'm here with Chris Fizio. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, Chris, did you bring any cameras with you to the PDN? Of course I did. Yeah, I brought my Konica S2. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Wow, everyone's packing light. You know, my S2's uh, busted right now. No. Yeah, I got a sticky shutter. 
Jeez, that's not good. No. What uh, would have been up to? You're where in New York are you? Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo. What uh, would have been up to up in Buffalo, photographically speaking? Actually, this weekend I shot some four by five both days of the weekend. So. Oh, what are you shooting with? Um, some Actar 100. Very nice. Is it new to you, the 4x5? No, I've had it for probably like four years now. What's new and exciting in Buffalo that you've been working on? Is it the 4x5 is like the new thing? Yeah, I'm just like really getting back into it now, shooting a lot, having some fun. Are you developing yourself or sending it out? I'm developing myself. Black and white, right? Yes. Doing C41 E6 yourself? Um, yeah, actually I have to go to B&H tomorrow to pick up a new C41 kit. No way! C41! Is this your first PDN show? Yes. It's pretty cool. A lot of stuff in there. Yeah, you, you've been walking around? Yeah, I moseyed my way through. Getting a free film from Kodak? Yes, two rolls of Porsche 400. That's like the thing. Everyone's like, oh man, the free, f- the free film at Kodak. Yeah, it's the guy I just walked up. The guy's like, oh, what do you want to try? I told him 400 and handed me a couple rolls. And um, what, what camera do you have with you? The Konica Auto S2. The Auto S2. What uh, film do you have loaded in it? Um, I have some Legacy Pro 100. You flash or no flash? No flash. Oh, so why, you ever think of going on a higher ASA or nah? Probably not. Does it have light meter built in? Yes, it does. You think we'll be posting some pictures from here, from this place? Of course, of course. You, pitch, John, pitches. Hey, John. Pitches. Well, thank you, Chris. We'll talk to you later. All right. Matt brought a Super 8 camera. Oh, man, that was fun. And yeah. I had two rolls of film from uh, Tony Kwong. Thanks, Tony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's a good use. Andy Sutcliffe. Andy is a longtime fan of the FPP. John spoke to him. Or did I speak to him? John spoke to him. Did I speak to him? John spoke to him. Uh, Let's go to the audio tape. I wonder if John asked him if he, if he lives here in the States or if he's from the UK. Let's find out. Let's go to the videotape. Hello, we're here with Andy Sutcliffe, a uh, long-time listener of the podcast, who claims to have listened to every episode. That's true? That is true. I haven't memorized them all, but I've listened to them all. <laughs> we'll transcribe them for you so you can, you can read them at home and memorize them late at night. We're here at the PDN, and what is it that you're most looking forward to seeing here at the uh, show? I just wanted to look for some uh, compact cameras. I was uh, interested in the uh, Pentax Q system, mm-hmm. but I also came along to get some free film from Kodak. So what got you started into film photography? Did you ever drift into digital and come back to film, or were you always a hardcore film shooter? No, I'm, a, I'm a bit of both, but mainly film. Yeah. I have a D80 uh, digital, but I've probably got around 20 film cameras. Uh, you have a little bit of gas. I have a lot of gas. Yeah. yeah. Right. My wife's cured me of it, though. Yeah. Has she? <laughs> There's no more room. She put the kibosh on it because, what, you, oh, you have no more room for it. That's right. The shelves are full. Now, out, out of uh, all those cameras, what do you think that you kind of fa- Do you favor one over the other, or do you use a different camera every week? Do you have any kind of method to your madness? Uh, each one for different things, but I kind of like the... Uh, the toy camera look, so I'm, I'm quite into the compacts, the uh, Minolta AFC, Lomo LCA. Uh-huh. I've got a couple of XAs as well. So oh, really? Just, uh, I travel quite a lot, so they're yeah. good to put in my pocket, right? It's great. Get through them. How about uh, any Holgers? Do you shoot uh, any of those? I do. I have a Holger 120, uh-huh. and uh, I just took that down to uh, Coney Island at the weekend, so ah. that was real good fun. Black and white at Coney Island. Yeah, it's uh, still a stellar place to go get some photos. The Cyclone is revamped, isn't it? Uh, it wasn't up and running when I was there, but I was there a little early in the day, so, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's a great place to go and shoot, and it's, uh, there's still some uh, kind of freaky folks down there, too. So. Yeah, well, that's Coney Island, isn't it? Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, and thanks so much for being a long-time listener, and uh, we'll see you around the rest of the day. Yep. All right. Very good. Thanks, John. 
good friend Anton. Yeah. yeah. Anton Show Abrams. That. <laughs> That's right. He was yeah. from the uh, New York photo walk. Right. He lives in New York. Lives in New York. Doesn't I live in the, the Bronx? The Bronx. Yeah. Doesn't have the, doesn't have the thick Bronx uh, no. accent, really, though. No, he doesn't. But uh, he's Super a, nice. Super nice guy, really into cameras, and really wants a Polaroid pack camera. I, he, Does he? He, he? he was specific, Mike. He's like, I know you love the 420, Matt, but i got to get a glass lens pack camera. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I like the glass. That. Depends. Sometimes I'm in the glass mood. Sometimes I'm in the plastic I'm mood. I'm like... Plastic fantastic now. Really? Yeah. I mean, look what you did with uh, the wedding. The wedding. Shot. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, so there's a 420 <laughs> plastic lens. I think the plastic lens get a bum trip. Sorry, there's something wrong with them. No. You have a glass lens. Yeah. You have the 230. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. 230. For anyone listening, you're not going to be surprised that we're talking about Polaroid cameras, <laughs> Polaroid automatic land cameras, which are the bomb. So let's roll yeah. an Anton. Anton. <laughs> well, we're, we're rolling now. Dan here again. Uh, I'm standing with a uh, good friend, Anton, from New York. So have you seen uh, have you seen John Super 8 over here? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued, and I'm kind of impressed that it's like got such a nice-looking lens on it for such an older camera look. So what about you? Did you bring any uh, cameras with you? What did you bring? I brought the Nikon FE. I know you've got the FE, too. But Indeed, I do. I've got the, the one that's a little bit older, the FE, which yeah. is... Uh, a nice camera, nice camera. Now, you've never run into any problems with that being older or anything like that? Nope, not one problem, and I've always gotten, like, really great exposures on auto, and, you know, it's got the manual function, and in a, in a pinch, I could use it as a uh, mechanical camera with one, uh, one of the shutter speeds. Uh, what's the mechanical shutter speed on that? I think it's uh, 90, 190th of a second. And so, uh, what's your lens on there? Uh, are you going wide today, uh, zooming in, or, or you got a 50? I've got a 28 on me, so it's um, it's not a Nikon uh, branded one. It's one of those uh, maybe Vivitar knockoffs, but it's still a pretty nice looking lens. Uh, it gives some nice contrasty uh, images. Yes, yeah, that's the one thing I found. You know, uh, Nikon's make great lenses. The third party stuff is not is not bad at all. No, not too bad. I mean, always prefer to have the uh, the first party stuff, but you know, uh, it came with the camera. So speaking of parties, uh, what are you shooting? Uh, uh, Film-wise, what's your emulsions? You gonna switch them out, or you got something uh, you're shooting all day? I've got a couple of films with me. I've got one in the camera that's in uh, a rebadged Agfa uh, uh, Presia. Uh, oh, beautiful stuff! Yeah, it's uh, under the Lomo. Uh, but, you know, they, they still use the Agfa stock. You going to process as slide or C41? Oh, I'm going to do it as slide. I mean, that's the only pro- proper way to do uh, E6. E6. And the other one I've got is a uh, BW400CN, you know, the Kodak stuff, the fake uh, uh, black and white film, which I really like. It, it's got, like, a nice uh, T-Max look to it. And I was very disappointed that they discontinued it in 120. Oh, I didn't. Know, I didn't hear about that. Um, does that come back with the uh, standard C41 orange base to it? C41. It does. It does. Uh, and I know that you mentioned on like one of the posts on the uh, FPP board that you were worried about printing from one of those orange-based uh, uh, black and white films, right? Right, because uh, I know all the multi-grade filters have different colors to them, you know, different levels of yellow, magenta, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, I've actually printed from one uh, when I was doing some printing a few months ago, and all I had to do was to up up the contrast, and all that muddiness that would have come from the uh, orange base was washed away. It came out really nice. So, so you just used a higher contrast filter on, I, I'm guessing, like an Ilford-type paper, uh, or, or am I wrong? Oh, that's right. Okay, Okay. so just bump up to like a 3 or a 4, something like that. I think I used a, maybe a, I think I used a 4 on that. 
Okay, so bump up using a four, and then you're, you're golden. That's right, you're golden. <laughs> All right, well, uh, good to have you with us for the day. Hope you get to stick around for quite a while. We met some new people. Plenty of new people. Plenty of new people. Yes. Like, uh... Old friends on Flickr, new faces. Yeah. Joseph Brunches. Or is he new, new to he you? Was, he was new to me. New to you. New yeah. to you. <laughs> it's always great to see new people. Yeah. It is. Or people that you've communicated with for a long time and, like, no face. Yeah. <laughs> right. Standing here with uh, Joseph Brunges. Uh, where are you coming from today? Rhinebeck, New York. Rhinebeck, where is that? Uh, about 30 minutes north of Poughkeepsie. It's about an hour, about two hours north of here. Now, I see you got a really big camera in your hands. Looks like a Fuji film. What is that? Yes, the Fuji GF670 folding uh, medium format camera. So, SLR rangefinder? Uh, rangefinder. Nice. Uh, what film are you shooting in there today? Uh, today I'm shooting Portrait 400. Nice, nice. So, um, are you on Flickr? I am. And uh, how can we find you on Flickr? Uh, my name on Flickr is just my name, Joseph Brunges. Can you, sp- can you spell that? Sure, uh, J-O-S-E-P-H-B-R-U-N-J-E-F. Tell me a little bit about uh, how how'd you start shooting film, or have you always been shooting film? Uh, well, my father uh, taught high school photography, and s- since I was a kid, I've been allowed to go in a dark room and make prints, and then bought a digital camera and got a little tired of it and started buying film cameras again. and. Now I have way too many. When did you start uh, with the film again? About two years ago. Yeah. Two years. How, now, how long have you been listening to uh, FPP? Since about the third, second or third episode, I think. Oh, so you've been around for a while. Yeah. I've been quietly stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of stuff do you shoot? I tend to do um, landscapes, people. I, I just got a 4x5 in June, so I'm trying to do portraits now with, with 4x5. I'm uh, a professional musician, and uh, I'm around a lot of conductors, so I'm trying to get uh, formal portraits of conductors and musicians. So that's that's where I'm heading right now. Nice. You do a lot of uh, like nice lighting setups, or you try and keep it simple, or what? Uh, I don't have I don't have much of a lighting setup right now. I've been doing a lot of outdoor, you know, natural light stuff with reflectors and indoor available light. It just depends. So uh, in the four by five, a uh, what lens do you have on there, and b uh, what sort of film do you like to shoot on? Uh, well, I'll, I'll do the latter question first. HP5 is what I've been shooting mostly. That's my favorite. Yeah, 4x5, it looks great. I mean, it's, you can't see the grain. It's just a really beautiful film. It's very a lot of latitude, too. For lenses, I have a Snyder 150 that I've been shooting, and I also have a Rodenstock 240, which is really good for close headshots. That sounds good. I, I personally have a, a, a Schneider 210. A little bit, little bit more uh, zoomed in, but uh, Schneider makes great stuff. Yeah, definitely. That's a really sharp lens. Well, Joseph, uh, great having you on, and uh, we'll be seeing you around today. Great. Thank you. Who's next? Uh, John Bryan. John Bryan. John Bryan's new to the podcast. Shoots 35 millimeter only. Only? Yes. Well, we got to change that. <laughs> and I asked him, do you ever get gas, gear acquisition syndrome? You know, do you, do you feel compelled to go for It was so nice to talk to someone who... Was just you know no no I I just like shooting thirty five. He hasn't listened to enough FPP yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe. So let's roll yeah. that in. Standing here with John Bryan. Hi John. Hey, great to be here. I'm excited. Good, good. And I hear that you listen to the FPP religiously. Yes, I was turned on to it to it about almost a year ago, and I OCD like had to hear every show and move my way up to the present day and uh, i love it how did you find us um i think i was tooling around on itunes just looking up for photography podcasts oh great i enjoy yours the most it's the best truly it's i I like the comedy and it's like a family i don't know 
That's fantastic. Thank you. I think it's funny. I laugh. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, we coming to it from the heart. Absolutely. And I love the sound effects. I know there was a a controversy about some people didn't like them. I love them because it makes it fun to listen to. And uh, And you don't take yourself too seriously. No, we're, we're, we're serious about film, but we like to have fun. Right, exactly. Yeah. What do you uh, mostly shoot with? Um, I shoot mainly with a Canon AE-1, and I shoot mainly T-Max 400. And okay. I um, do my own processing and printing. Well, fantastic. I have uh, my darkroom is my kitchen, which I bought black sheathing to block out all the light. When I, it takes about 20 minutes to set up. But uh, I find it very rewarding, and I usually print on fiber paper. I like the look of it. And what size do you usually print? Just 8 by 10 I, If I lived in a bigger apartment, I would definitely go up. But just that's all I can do right now. You know, Sometimes I do scan my uh, negatives and print off them, but I, I, I think it's, I'm more satisfied with that, you know, optical printing. And do you, um, do you find yourself shooting any color at all? Yeah, actually, I do, like, uh, family events, you know. I, I like the snapshot aesthetic, you know, and and I have a, a Yashica point-and-shoot. I think it's a T3 weatherproof or one of those, and I shoot with that for, like, family stuff. And I shoot Polaroid. I have a Spectra and a 600. Thanks to the FVP, I have a Pactastic camera, which I shoot the Fuji uh, instant film, pack film. Very nice. Do you prefer the black and white or the color? In the pack film? Yes. I like the color in the pack film. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty sweet, right? Yeah, I love it. And I love the fact that you can, you know, I've been uh, bleaching the black backing off of it and scanning that, and I like the way that looks, too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you post your stuff, like, on the Flickr or? On the Flickr, no, I I do not. But I I would like to start. I've just been negligent. I'm... You know, I'm busy enough as it is. I got about like ten rolls at home I need to process and print too. So no, no, I understand. We're all busy. I'm, I'm grateful that people have enough time to squeeze the FPP in. Exactly. I am a member of Flickr, and I joined the group just so I could like keep up with the the discussions. Right. But yeah, I I need to post definitely. Well, very cool. What are you looking forward to doing? Anything special in 2012 with your photography, or are you just happy what, what where you're at with your darkroom and your your T Max? No, I'm always striving to be a better photographer and to improve my eye. And yeah, that's it. I just. I'm striving to improve. How about, did you catch at all, like, the medium format or large format bug, or you're satisfied where you're at? I actually, I own, you know, a Hasselblad, actually, and a Holga, which I shoot medium in, you know, and uh, I'm real happy with that. I just wish I had more opportunities to shoot, and, um, yeah, I mean, I would like to find more people to shoot. I I find myself shooting a lot of landscapes because I don't get access to people that much, you know, I'm too busy, so... But that's where, you know, you asked me where I'd like to go. I would like to do more portraiture. Okay. I love it. I love doing portraits. Yeah, I find that the most satisfying, actually. Yeah. Yeah. When they come out great, you can capture the essence of a person. I'm really, that just really excites me. Yeah. Me too. Well, thanks, John. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm excited to be here and excited to meet you guys. Oh, so uh, next up, I ran into uh, a familiar face from the Toronto meetup, a uh, good friend and large format shooter, Sean Galbraith, and he brought his uh, wife Michelle with him. Nice, that was it was. Nice. He's a great guy. You know, he does he does something completely different that I like. I don't even have the balls to do. Like, yeah, he, he does urbexing, like the urban exploration. 
for the oh. ur- urban decay kind of okay. stuff. And Good. he just makes he makes art out of these these abandoned like detriment kind of places. And Good pictures then. Fantastic pictures, and he prints them huge and has gallery shows oh, in yeah. Toronto, and he goes all over the place. Well, him, him and me and Chris have been talking, talking out the past couple months. Oh, we need to go to Buffalo. We need to do a right. shoot in Buffalo. So yeah. I think it's gonna like finally happen. I don't know if we're gonna make it like any kind of meetup, but just kind of like you know small time thing because I really would like to get a chance to shoot with him like all day or like all weekend because he's a really good guy, very knowledgeable, and it was great to see him there because he kind of had he'd already gone through the the showroom. The couple days before, right, and this was his last day. It was wine down. He just wanted to hang with us on Saturday, which was nice. And he kind of gave me the the what's new at PDN and told me about like, oh, Shen Hao's here, the the Chinese camera makers. Shen and I was Hao, like, yeah, Shen Hao, and very very knowledgeable about that too. So let's uh, let's roll into Sean. Great, Toronto, Canada, four by five, mostly color shooter. A lot of color. Great guy. How's the PDN so far? Fantastic. I'm surprised uh, that there's still a lot here for, uh, for film guys. You said, you said there's a large format camera maker here today. They didn't show up last year. Nope. Uh, Shen Hao, a Chinese company that make uh, some nice light wood 4x5 and greater uh, cameras. Uh, they've got uh, most of their lineup uh, here, their 810s. Uh, I think they've got their 410s. Uh, they've got some really, really cool, uh, cool stuff here. And they're nice guys. Their English isn't the best, but their cameras are great. That's fine. Uh, large format's a, a universal language, I found out. It really is. Um, and they're, they're excited to, to, to talk with me because I use their, I have one of their cameras. And I oh, use great. It, so they were interested in, you know, what can they do to change it and improve it. Apparently, architectural photography is not a big thing in China, so they're happy to talk to someone who, who actually does that stuff. That's good. I have a bunch of lenses with me, so I'm going to, like, mount my super wide and be like, does this work on your camera? Because if it does, I'm buying it. Like, yeah. very interested. Yeah, um, a couple of their cameras apparently have already been spoken for. They've got uh, sold, basically, on them. That's great just to see uh, this yeah. big, you know, this is almost a consumer electronics show. It really is. But uh, to see that happening, it's just wonderful. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, with it's not a, it's not a large community anymore, but it's, it's a very passionate community. And uh, when they see a good product, they jump on it. It's... That's really good to see. And have you run into any, like, other than this unwieldy group of film shooters, have you seen anybody else carrying around, like, retro stuff? Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a gentleman walking around with what looks like a, a crown graphic or a speed graphic with two large flashes hanging off the side of it. Is that Louis Mendez? Was it Louis Mendez? Yeah, it probably was. Oh, awesome. We have to find him. Yeah, he's, he's around here somewhere. Uh, seemed like a nice guy. I met him at the, uh, uh, at the Shen Hao booth. Uh, he was asking me if they made any with a rangefinder, which, unfortunately, they don't at this point. No. Oh, they're very field camera oriented. Yeah, they're very much field camera uh, folders. Well, cool. So, uh, you know, I, I know a little bit about you, So, but can you tell tell our listeners a little bit more about you? Because, I mean, I follow your work, you know, religiously. So. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm primarily focused on uh, abandoned building architectural photography. I recreationally trespass in them uh, and uh, lug around a, a 4x5 camera with lots of film and big-ass tripod and, and uh, try not to get caught. Now, if I remember from the Toronto meetup correctly, you're an urban planner, right? That's that's what you do. So it, you have really good access, good contacts, right? I have. I'm, I'm an urban planner. as my day job. For the most part, those contacts don't get me anywhere I need to go. Oh, okay, so you have to hunt around. Yeah, it's usually better if they don't know I'm going into the buildings that they own. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> It's, it's, what they say, it's, uh, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Very much so. Very much. See, I'm, I'm kind of a wimp, and most of the time I, I like people in there because if something's, like when I do my barbershops, when they're empty, it conveys a different feeling. But, like, the feeling, the feeling you're conveying is, is very good. It's like a very, it's a stark, 
uh, colorful, kind of reactive thing. I, I like it. It's, uh, it's very much sort of a life after people. Um, by day, I sort of am involved in the creation of cities and creation of new buildings and new urban spaces. And then by weekend, I'm in the exact opposite of that. I'm in the death of cities, the, the what happens when places no longer serve the purpose they were designed for. Kind of, kind of sounds like you're like as one guy. You're like Sim City, the whole the whole <laughs> computer game. You see every aspect of it. In my Sim Cities, all the buildings are abandoned. Oh no, you failed. <laughs> game over. No. no, that's the best part. <laughs> that's the best part. Okay, good. So I've seen uh, you also do. We've talked about it on uh, Google Plus and all sorts of media. But you know, one important thing that I'm not seeing enough. Uh, film shooters doing is printing their work and you're you're doing very well printing your work and get it you know even if it's inkjet send it off you have a lot of prints right yeah i do a lot of gallery exhibitions in toronto um i used to co-own a gallery i was co-host of uh or co-star of a photography television program um and uh, uh yeah so i do i do my own development uh, at home in the kitchen that's the way to do it yeah, color, black and white. Um, I, I don't recommend eating at our place because this food's probably covered in photochemicals. You do E6 at home? I do E6 at home. I do C41 at home, um, 4x5 and 120 and just about anything except 8x10. Nobody does 8x10. They're crazy people. I was, I was going to say, you do an 8x10, you catch the bug? There's some people I'm slowly talking into it. Uh, at, at 20 bucks a sheet, I don't think... Uh, no, so it's only 10 but after processing, maybe. Yeah, uh, the... I have to get permission from my wife, and uh, do I have my permission yet? Yeah, so my name is Michelle, and I'm his wife. I'm the producer that allows for all this wonderful stuff to happen. It doesn't always happen. I have to think about it, and then he can do it. Can I do 8 by 10? Okay. All right. All right, well, I'll come up. We'll, we'll in, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll doctrine the 8 by 10 in you. Excellent, yeah. So I, um, yeah, so I develop my own stuff. Um, I do... High-res scanning, um, usually drum scanning or at least Emicon. Ooh, drum scans. I actually shipped my negatives down to New York to be drum scanned. Uh, I think you plugged the site once. What was it? Drumscanning.com. Uh, it's run by this guy who I think is a like a photo editor at the Associated Press. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he just happens to have a drum scanner in his living room and to, to sort of help finance having one he does drum scans for people and they're amazingly affordable it's, it's a very involved process but when you have somebody uh, very committed to the process they can do it kind of for cheap but still make a little buck on, exactly. the, on the side exactly and he so he does my drum scans um and uh then i do really large like 40 inch by 50 inch yeah, you know you're not scared of big prints it's, it's no. four by five no we had to buy a condo with a lot of wall space just to accommodate the prints very nice. I, I found a guy in um, in Spain that does ultra large format optical prints. Oh yeah. Um, but I think I'm actually going to hit up a lab. They're in I don't know Troy, Michigan, or Detroit. They still do uh, optical printing with eight by ten. I need to get a. I haven't seen a forty by fifty, but I want to get a forty by fifty or one of my color images. Maybe maybe this group shot today. Yeah, that would work. You going to be here for it? Oh yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, have you seen uh, Clyde Butcher's uh, Darkroom? I'm gonna no because I have to apprentice under him and like. I might have to kill the guy because he's got an 11 by 14 and larger, two, two, or 12 by 20 as well. I think he's got a 16, 20 and larger. Yeah, I need to, uh, I need to get in on this guy. Like, if you go to just <laughs> visit his gallery, you can go walk into his darkroom and see the thing. It's amazing. Ha- have you seen it? Oh, yeah, we've been there. It's oh, I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah, amazing work. Yeah. Right up my alley, super wide angle. I mean, he gets, he gets in close. Just kind of, He almost treats it like a point and shoot, but then his printing is just, he's a master. He really is a master printer. Um, and what's amazing is that like, 
he seems like such an approachable, super nice guy. I think that's all the artists get that way. Because, like, I, I knew Sean walking up. Hey, Sean, you know, like, a lot of cool guys. It's very, you, once you get past a certain level, like, it's just, it's not about technique. It's just about going out, doing what you love, and, like, screw everything else. I think it's, uh, it's the film guys. It's, it's the community, you know. We're, we're somewhat of a dying breed, so we all got to stick together. Michelle has to say something. Come on, we're all cool. I mean, some of us are not film yet, and we're still very cool, so You will on. be. You will be. We, pick, we do, we're kind of picky. Like, ah, yeah. oh, you don't look like a film guy. Like, yeah. give her a Polaroid, you know, nothing more. But I think Michelle can handle Actually, something whenever, a little Actually, uh, whenever there's this kind of meetings, um, I shop with my Holga. Not that yeah, I'm really good at it, but at least journal? it gives me a little bit of credit. You'll, you'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. I'll get there. Well, very cool. So, Sean, uh, once again, where can we find some more of your work? Uh, online at uh, SeanGalbraith.com, um, on Flickr, I, don't, I think my Flickr is SMLG, um, I'm on 500px at uh, slash Sean Galbraith, so pretty much everywhere. Very cool, thank you very much Sean, it's been a pleasure. Thanks Matt. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you Matt, when, you, when you're doing the buff, Buffalo, possible Buffalo meetup, You'll like just you'll tip me off, right? In case of I course, go. I'll tip you. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I didn't. I forgot. I always forget like how how big New York is. I'm like, oh, it's New York. Mike can make it like what, like two hours to Buffalo? No, no, no Buffalo's five hours. Yeah, it's a, it's a long, long it's, trip. It's I, five hours for me though, too. <laughs> I received uh, months ago an email from FPP listener Justin, who said, "Hey, you know, I want to intern for FPP. I'm here in New York." So we sh- shot emails back and forth, and he said, "You know, I can help you. Uh, you know, convert pack cameras." So finally, in one email, I was like, oh, you know, you're a student, yeah, yeah, student. Okay, how old are you? Because I just want to know, just for you know, technical okay. yeah. reasons. And he's like, I'm 14. <laughs> what? what? I was like, oh. So I consulted with Paige Davis here at the FPP. I'm like, oh, he's an intern. He wants to come in. He's 14. And we were all like, eh. Although Justin now actually probably knows more about it than we do because he actually probably seriously researched Probably yeah. child labor laws. Yeah, chi- yeah. child labor laws and insurance. And it's all Paige is probably stuff. freaking out when you're like, "Hey, I want this 14 year old kid to crunch pet cameras yeah. for me." But Justin's very knowledgeable, uh, very, um, very sincere about everything. And uh, but the, the studio, you remember where the studio used to look? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a lot more of a bomb. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it was like more, more bombs, bomb fallout like. The studio is much cleaner now. I, I think people feel that, oh, it's sort of like in their minds of FPP that basically it's like a firehouse and that Matt's always here, Dan, right. John, like we bunk together. And yeah. then like take the pole It's just down. like Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. I'm, sadly. <laughs> not even close. Sadly, these guys. I could do that, but I, yeah. think, I think like John would get sick of me and like I get sick of Dan eventually. We'd be like, like a band. We'd, we'd like hate each other, yeah. like a band. If we were living together all the time. <laughs> no, uh, sadly, uh, Matt and Dan and other guests, uh, they, you know, they gotta leave. gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, I gotta go. Yeah. Sadly, they go, and then it's just me. Oh. Then my full-time job is with a home entertainment company, which is now a building away. So although it's sort of campus-like here, uh, the only FPP stuff that goes on, there's a lot of FPP stuff that goes on with the blog, but it's all like late night, you know, <laughs> two in the morning. For all of us, yeah. just like crunching at the computer. Yeah, it's all crunch time. I, I wish it was more exciting that it was all FPP all the time. That's why I yeah. felt Justin. I'm like, well, like, you know, oh, oh, great, Justin. You, you, just drew, you just took buses, trains planes, automobiles <laughs> to yeah. get here. Here's 20, here's 100 pack cameras. Convert these out. Yeah. yeah. I felt it'd be For like slave bucks. labor. <laughs> yeah. You know, give but... Him, give him a bus ticket back. Pay but actually, shirt. he'd probably be into it. I don't yeah. know. So, Justin, 
apologize, but I had no other choice. We, we put Justin off for a while. For a while. So Maybe, yeah, you know, we need you to be older. But he got older. his chance at the PDN. So here we are at the PDN, and Justin shows up. He's 15 now. 15 now. Very knowledgeable. Yeah. And uh, Matt was looking a little nervous. I'm very nervous. If he starts if he starts 8 by 10 I'm going like, to have to do something about now, it. Now, Justin, if you're a true fan of FPP, you could, like, hold, hold your gas. <laughs> just, just a while. <laughs> Yeah. Don't jump into eight by ten. I have to retain my title as like youngest eight you know by ten shooter. You know what? He could do five by seven. Five by Nobody se- does five by it's seven. Very niche. Yeah. Very, Justin, I see a five by seven in your near future. <laughs> yeah. Talk to Keith. Yeah. Keith. Now, why isn't five by seven that? Is five by seven? I have so many questions. Is five by seven film easier to get? No, it's, no, it's, it's really harder, hard. It's harder to get than eleven by fourteen film. That's a nice sized contact print. It's uh, some people like it because it's a little, little taller than four. But, you know, it's. Got a taller yeah. form uh, form factor than four by five. Yeah. It's, it's it's got a little bit different aspect ratio. It's a little bit longer of a rectangle. Yeah, if you like thir- the look of thirty five, you'll yeah. like yeah. the look or six by nine, you'll like five by seven. Yeah. So Justin showed up with his mom, and uh, I was who's thrilled. also a very nice lady. Yes, yeah. very nice, very nice, and uh, we're thrilled to fi- finally meet him. Thrilled that he showed up. Now I don't make the connections. A lot of. Uh, Flicker folks. I, I was asking people yeah. like, "What's your Flicker name?" Because like I felt exactly. bad. Yeah. And, then, and then they say the Flicker name. I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh you, I know you." Like reading letters. <laughs> What's Justin's Flicker? Justin Just Incredible, Incredible 25. twenty-five. But then you're like, "Oh, he's twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's my age. He's lying well, to us. So years ago. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we spoke to Justin, and he is well on his way to being like a uh, I don't know FVP guy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. he's he's. I I hope uh, this is not like. So I I hope he gets like this this uh, enthusiasm fostered and it really grows. Oh, oh I'm sure him. it was. Yeah. It's encouraging to him to see all these these other film shooters and see that he's got that much more room to grow. And right. Let's see what he has to say. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Justin. Hi, Justin. Hi, Mike. Nice to meet you all. And uh, you know Matt. Yes. Well, flickerly. So Matt, the reason I brought you over because I heard uh, I heard Justin talking. And he was talking about, he's like, yeah, well, I'm shooting 4x5. Oh, my, like, my best friend. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is great. So Get him started young. That's what you I do. The, the awkward looks from elderly, large format shooters when I tell them I shoot 4x5. They're like, they're, they're a little astonished, but they're like, really? They, they don't believe me. I don't think they know. They're, they're like, do you know what 4x5 is? And, and then I show my camera and, like, my film and Beautiful. stuff. Beautiful. That's gorgeous. Uh, what's, your, what's your Flickr name again? Justin Credible 25 Oh, Justin, yeah. I got <laughs> Of course. Really? Yes, of you course. Everyone on Flickr. You start shooting some IR, right? Yeah. yeah See? Yeah, I know. I'm up. I'm up on it. Wow. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't know that Justin was like a listener. I never have a face to a name, and right. like once I do, like you don't forget it. Okay. And did you know Justin was, uh, you know, youthful? No, I had no idea. I never like stock profiles. I just like I like if I like the images, I follow you. You know, that's that's it. He makes Hunter look like an old man. Yeah, it makes me look I'm like I'm elderly. <laughs> do you have your eight by ten camera with yeah, you? Yeah, right here. How do you do that? Uh, you 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 work out or don't work out. You just carry this around all day. How do you, you fit it in? Like, where do you get a backpack to carry to fit it all in? Uh, this, uh, this is an F sixty four backpack. Oh, they cost like, ten ones. Yeah, they cost like three hundred dollars. But I found a lady who didn't know what it was and, she, and like I got it for like seventy five bucks. You just gotta. You, uh, four by five and eight by ten is wonderful because the old guys don't know what it's worth or, or forgot what it's worth and they just get rid of it. So I got, well, easy with the old guys. No, you're, you're, not, you're not one of the old guys I'm talking about, Mike. You're good. Okay. You're a good guy. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I got my Cinar F from somebody who didn't know what it is. I think they thought it was an enlarger. Ooh, those for like premium cameras. 
This camera costs more than my car. I don't even know what you guys are talking this about. This camera costs more than my car, Mike. Okay. Yeah. And I got it for like $500. Nice. With three lenses. Wow. Selling other films that I had like to save up. This is just this is amazing. I, I just love the, to see that there's there's more there's more people getting into it. But unfortunately, sir, you can't shoot eight by ten because I need to, I need to be the young I need to be the youngest eight by ten shooter because if I can't say if I can't tote it around, like you can jump to eleven by fourteen, whatever you want. No eight by ten. You are going to be left in the left in the dust. I am. Like when people hear these fourteen, they're like, oh, that Matt. Fifteen. Oh, 15. Oh, when they hear you say, oh, that Matt, that old guy, he doesn't know what he's doing. I would if this, the film wasn't like $10 or something a yeah, sheet, it's, right? It's, it's pretty pricey. I mean, but your, your pictures are amazing. I, oh, I well, love thank you. Them. When did you start shooting, Justin? Three years ago on film. He's been shooting film longer than I have. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Two and a half. Two and a half or three years ago. And, and what, spark, what sparked your interest? I don't like digital. It's too flat. <laughs> I mean, I have, nice. a, I have a DSLR. That was like my spark, I guess, into photography. I always liked it. But then I picked up a Kodak Cameo 35mm camera that I had from when I was like a little kid. I shot with it again, and I'm like, wow, I really like the pictures I'm getting. I really like, I like the depth of the film. And it was just like Kodak Ultramax 400 film, but then now I'm like more into other things. And trying to get into 120 now, trying to look for a, a good We should get him started, Mike. Absolutely. Did you shoot any instant photography? Polaroid all the way. Wow, what type? I have the 220 that I got from FPV. An SX70, a 600, an Instax, a Spectra, and I think that's all. Wow, you're doing good. You're too good to win, Mom. His passion, and I'm happy for it. I'm really, I don't is, this know what you, is this what you want to do with the fine art photography? or? So, yeah. Well, good, just keep it. at it. You, you have such a head... Like, people say I have a head start, you know, because by the time most of the guys that pick up large format, they pick it up after they retire, and they're like engineers and stuff. But like, if you're doing it your whole life... Don't even don't even worry about what you're shooting. Just the, the volume, because before you're before you're 20, your volume of images is going to be amazing. What type of stuff do you like to shoot? Um, with one with my 35 millimeter, I used to I like to come into the city and shoot street photos, but I also like to do like posed portraits and stuff like that. But I really do like street photography mostly, and I, that's why I kind of want to get like a good median in between 4x5 and 35mm, so that's why I want like a 1x120 one tw- one camera. Yeah, maybe, one of the, maybe one of the big folders. I think a gentleman here had a 6.7 folder, like that Fuji yeah. rangefinder. Gorgeous street cameras. Did Chris and Tom bring their big uh, RZ67s that they always bring to the You walls? know what? Uh, Chris might have it, but he's thinking of selling the RZ because he's back into 4x5. He's caught the bug again. You want to shoot some Hasselblad? Sure. There you go. These guys are going to do a little shooting here. Justin, hey, thanks for chatting with us. Thank you, Mike. Have a nice day. Yeah, thank. Awesome. We'll do some shooting now. Mark Harris. What about Mark? Mark. I didn't, had, I didn't have much time to talk to Mark. Were you in on that? We talked about his eight nineteen eighties darkroom. What did he call? Oh it? yeah, the the prefab darkroom. Yeah, he called it prefab. It was, call- it was around for like twenty five years. Okay, He's had, it's twenty five years old. Yeah, and, and, and the, and the, so the company that uh, made it like went out of business two months later. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he put it like he put it. He went as they call it balls out, yeah. balls to the wall, yeah. balls, to the balls wall. to the wall. He's new to the FPP, I think. But let's see what he had to say. Uh, Dan Domi and I are standing here talking to Mark Harris. You discovered FPP recently, correct? Yes, I did. About a month or two ago. And you immediately, I think, sent me maybe an email or a Flickr mail. Or both. Or both. And you kind of just gave us the heads up of what type of photography you shoot and what type of processing you're doing. Maybe you can tell us, tell other FPPers what type of stuff you've been doing. Well, I've been shooting black and white film as long as I've been shooting. I shoot uh, a lot of stuff that's um, mostly uh, abstract, black and white. I process traditionally in a darkroom at home. Mid-1980s prefab darkroom. I've been showing here and there. 
there and doing stuff like that, doing uh, some fine art nude stuff as well. What, what does that mean, prefab darkroom? I don't get it. So back in the mid-80s, I was uh, moved into the, my current house, and I wanted to build a darkroom. And I started plans, and I was putting stuff together. And in the back of Shutterbug magazine was an ad from a company called Light Tight Darkrooms. And they were, they were selling prefab darkrooms. And so you, could, you bought this kit, and it came in a 100 pieces, which you assembled yourself. Uh, got a plumber to hook up the uh, water, and I hooked up the electric. And there's a dry side and a wet side, and a sink and cabinets and the whole bit. So it's like an instant addition onto your house? No, it's only about um, 8 by 8 feet on the floor and about 7 feet high, and it sits in the basement. Oh, that's awesome. So it sounds pricey, though. It was, I added up what it would cost me in both time and material to build my own, and it actually came out about the same at the time. Of course, the company, about two months after I bought mine, went out of business. So, What type of, uh, uh, what formats of film are you shooting? Just 35. Okay, what is your cameras of, camera or cameras of choice? Uh, now I'm shooting with a Nikon F100. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I use it uh, a lot in manual. I use it a lot in automatic. It depends on what I'm shooting, what I'm doing, that sort of stuff. So you don't have, like, uh, gear acquisition syndrome. You're not, like, going, you don't have, you don't have it in you that, you, oh, my God, I have to get another camera. No, because I'd rather spend the money on hiring models and shooting them. Okay, okay, fair enough, right? Yes, it's a good way of work. You're smart. Yeah. Now, what's uh, 2012? More of the same, or you have some projects in mind? Uh, I think more of the same. I'm going to try to expand out from beyond just shooting models to shooting other people as well. So we'll see. Now, you're shooting shooting models. You're shooting chromes, color print film, black and white strictly. Black and white strictly. Oh, okay, strictly black and white. Favorite films? T-Max 400, uh, which I bulk load. Okay. Nice. Yeah, with a, a bulk loader I bought when I was in high school. Now, have you amassed somewhat of a library of, of negatives uh, and prints? Uh, more negatives than prints, but yes, uh, a lot of both. I also now scan a lot of the film uh, so I can post stuff online and, and share it with the models and stuff. Uh, because it's hard to get the time to get in the darkroom to do the prints. Right. Do you plan on at any time putting out a collection or a book, or you have your eye on anything public, or no? I've been showing a little bit of it here and there. I'm hoping to do some more of that next year. Well, a book, we'll see. Are you doing a, a natural light, a studio light? How, how are you shooting? A little bit of both. Rented studios all over the state and all, down to Philadelphia and into Manhattan. And uh, whatever is necessary. A lot of it is still natural light, but I, you know, do some strobies kind of stuff too. So, very nice. More power to you. Thank you, and appreciate you listening to the show. Oh, that's great. I continue to plan on uh, doing that. Great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Dan. Who's next, Matt? Uh, Chris Stolpe's next. He is a great guy. We've been in contact on and off a little bit over over the last summer, and then I posted some stuff about the Northeast Ohio large format meetups that I've been going to with uh, people that are on APUG, the Analog Photography User Group. Right. And all of a sudden, this guy is like from Connecticut, and he's like, I'm going to show up. And we're like, you know, we're in Cleveland, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a drive. He, he chugged all because he wanted to shoot some waterfalls. He doesn't have too many in Connecticut. Drove through New York, yeah. through Pennsylvania. Yeah. And Where there are to, no waterfalls. There's actually a lot of in Pennsylvania, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, And yeah. shot with us because he brought his uh, brought his 4x5. When was this? This was in end of September. Very relaxed. So you had already shot with Chris. I've already shot with Chris. We Yeah, we were already, like, bonded. He shot it. We brought our 8x10. So I wasn't like the only 8x10 guy at the large format 
something. He's got ni- he's got a really nice eight by ten. Eight by ten costs yeah. more than my car. <laughs> Real nice monorail camera. Shoots four by five. We're shooting quick loads. Had all this all quick this loads. Quick what? loads. Yeah, the now, good stuff. Did Chris go to Photostock? Nobody's going next year. It's the place to do be, it. right? Do it. But Chris is a is a great guy. Shoots really getting into the four by five and eight by ten world. Let's talk to Chris. Sure. Now, Matt, you know Chris? Yeah, Chris came all the way out from Connecticut to come to the Northeast Ohio meetup and shoot at the uh, Cuyahoga Valley National Park. It was wonderful. Nice. He brought 8x10, 4x5. Did you bring anything else? 6x6 uh, six six and 35. All in one, like, massive mountain mountain hiking backpack. He even brought those quick loads I was telling you about. Like, he's a man. He just had everything. I got some uh, expired uh, Ektachrome 100 VS. I'm going to ask you, when did you start shooting large format? A couple years ago. Okay, so you started in a smaller format film. I had a 35 millimeter for a long time, uh, Pentax K1000. Nice. And then uh, actually when I went digital, I also decided to get a 4x5. And what did you get? I got a uh, Wista SP. You've been following the FPP, I guess, from number one? Uh, at least a year and a half. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> do, you, do you go back to the archive? Oh, yeah, I went through all the shows. Marathon, these guys are dedicated. <laughs> now, you're familiar with Keith Canham and his cameras? Yes. Yes, I've looked at... I've. You know, want to get uh, MQC 5x7. Uh, Keith Canham's the, uh, definitely like the Ferrari of uh, large format cameras, like Canham's and uh, Ebony's. Ebony's, yep. Ebony's are great. Yeah, I mean, both of those, they cost more than my car. <laughs> now, Chris, are you happy with what you have, or do you, like, you'll sell a camera to buy a different camera? How does it work? So far, I have not done a lot of selling, but a lot of buying. Oh, okay. Uh, this year's been like, uh, I would describe it as shock and awe. I got the 8x10, I got two more 4x5s, uh, got an R- RZ67. That 8x10 of his, it is a beauty. It's a big monorail studio camera, the Sinar, right? Yep. Oh, my God. It's, it's gorgeous. Wow. And what type of, are you doing landscapes? What is your, what is your focus? What type of uh, photography? Well, with the large format, I've been tending to do architecture. Uh, a lot of churches around my area do landscape. I'm going to try and do some more waterfalls. Been looking them up uh, all over New York and uh, up in Vermont and New Hampshire. And when you're shooting on the street, do people honk the horn or stop and come out, wave? Do they talk to you? Uh, when I was in New York City last week, I had my TLR, and this guy comes up to me and starts talking to me about his. Oh, okay. He had a Roly, and he was wondering if I wanted to buy it. So, <laughs> you sell a camera on the street. Do people think like, oh, excuse me, sir, are you surveying? Like they think you're a surveyor. They think I'm a professional. Well, we think you're a professional. He's a very the, professional guy. When I was on the Brooklyn Bridge, there was people coming up asking me, "Do I sell pictures? You know, am I professional?" Right. You got a great yeah. shot of the bridge. It's on this flicker. So. Oh, very nice. Yep. Right. And it's posted to FPP. The group. Flicker's name is Ansel Adams X. Yeah, yeah, I've seen your work. See? Fantastic. It, it clicks once you hear the name, right? Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Michael Sanchez. Yeah, I had a, a very... I, I felt bad because I wanted to talk a little bit more to Michael about... Uh, he was a thirty dedicated 35mm shooter. Or no, he has a 120 as well. He's a rangefinder guy. He shoots uh, one of the only full autofocus rangefinders, the Contax. Oh, the G2, right? Yeah, the G2. Very uh, very cult cam- kind of camera. The the Contax shooters. 35mm camera that's got Zeiss yeah. lenses on it. Yeah. Very, like some of the sharpest lenses they, they make. He right. let me handle that camera a little bit. Felt nice, didn't it? Yeah, it's like uh, really... 
really one of those space age kind of things. Did it feel like you know? the Mercedes of a camera? Exactly. It's it's like a little Mercedes rangefinder, unless you consider Leica's yeah. to, to be the. Yeah. So Michael shoots that, and then on, and then in one twenty he shoots a Mamiya Seven, which is very much the same kind of. Awesome, awesome rangefinder. Did I overhear it was a seven two or seven two? Yeah, great guy. And then we we were temporarily interrupted as a another very well known gentleman kind of stumbled on the FPP group. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He got he got he got uh, sniped. Yeah, he got sniped. <laughs> but let, let's talk to Michael anyway. Yeah. Michael Sanchez here. The, the group's getting bigger, Mike. It is. It is getting bigger. This is crazy. So uh, Michael just came up uh, in some pre-production stuff. We were talking about these these really nice premium 35 and uh, 120 cameras made by Contax. And look, Michael has a Contax 35 millimeter camera. What do you got? I got the Contax G2. Ooh. It's a rangefinder. It's the only autofocus rangefinder. Oh, it's autofocus. Well, yes, autofocus. Yes. Oh. Um, it's a G1 and then the G2. This is the, the last one, and those, they stopped making it in 2003. It's, a, it's almost a cult camera. Like, the guys, the guys that love it, they, like, hoard contact stuff, right? Right, right. I saw a guy on Craigslist. He had it listed as a, what did he say, the vintage. Vintage. If it's not it's 20 like, years, like, come on. Vintage. Right. Like, you're kidding me. Vintage, because it's a, 30, it's a film camera. That's why. It's a very new one, yeah. Right, right. So, um... It's, it's great. I love it. Uh, the Mendes are... The man. Oh, man. Luis Mendes just walked up. Oh, my God. Okay, can we, can we come back real quick? Okay, we'll come back. We'll be back to Michael in a sec. I'm walking up here. Mr. Michael Rosso is, is here with the famous Luis Mendes. It's an honor, sir. Thank you. How are you? Very good, very good. I, I heard there was there was a gentleman with a graphic camera and, and two flashes. And I was like, was it Luis Mendes? And it is. That's me all day. Awesome. Uh, are you aware you have a, a very large uh, fan following on Flickr, the uh, photo sharing website? Well, wonderful. Thank you all very much. Yeah, there's a, there's a group just uh, dedicated to uh, photos you've taken or photos of yourself. It's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we run a, uh, a film podcast and just uh, we, we, we hear about you every now and then because we have a lot of New York listeners. So it's, it's great, great to meet you finally in person. For people who want to be photographed by you, mm-hmm. what's the best way to find you? Uh, just be prepared when you see me. <laughs> That's true, right? Just be prepared when you see me. Uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn, where's the best New place? Orleans, Miami. Oh, wow, all over. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Las Vegas. Can, can you be booked? Yes, I can be booked. Just go to my website. Just Oh, your website is? Oh, LewisMendezWorldwide at gmail.com. Wonderful. And everybody outside, just keep shooting. Indeed. Now, do you run into a lot of film shooters? Yes, everybody has a camera as a film shooter. They don't know that. So you don't really look at it from the fact of what's in the camera. As long as someone's shooting and getting a person, that face or that expression or that event. That image, that event, that person, their family, anybody, just record it. Because 20 years down the road, it'll be a classic. Those are very wise words. Just keep shooting. Thank you very much. You, your interview got hijacked. Huh? Did, I know. I did know. Matt it's just... It's fine. It's fine. It's great. It's okay. It, uh, no problem. <laughs> I saw Matt all of a sudden turn around. He's like... Shh. Yeah, and he's like you, know how, you don't mind? I said, okay. I said, more time when I go to B&H. Oh, you do? Yeah. He's outside B&H. In, you know, working all the time. I see him. I go in. I see him. You know, you know you're safe. World famous. World famous, yes. He was here yesterday, and he was posing. People were taking pictures. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a legend. Everybody knows him everywhere. Right now, I'm crouching down. I'm in a huge FPP group shot. Mr. Luis Mendez is shooting us. Make sure I see that uh, Polaroid camera there. Where's the Polaroid? One, two, three. Mr. Mendez just took our picture, and I'm going to sign off right now. 
to chat with him. Is the Luis Mendez walk in, or did he just appear out of vapor? I, have no, I saw must him. Have appeared. I, I saw him walk in from from you, the, yeah. You grabbed him. Well, I held my hand up because I had met him a week before because I was in town for a, another conference, oh. and I went by B and H. I'm just gonna go into B and H. Hey, whoa, that's a nice Polaroid camera. Whoa, it's Luis Mendez. So Luis Mendez, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, so he and I chatted up about a week ago. Uh, Did about, he remember you? Uh, yeah, it seemed like it. Okay. He's, he's a super cool guy. So uh, it was good seeing him again. Uh, I had my uh, portrait taken uh, out on the sidewalk right. last week, and I got my portrait taken. And you taken. towered over him, so he asked you to kneel down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, it was like a football he, picture. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. Because um, he said... Uh, you look like I, a tight end. Get down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned that uh, I never really had that many good pictures taken of me. And uh, he said, that's because you're tall. We need to uh, get, he told me to uh, get down in almost like a football pose. Now here's the picture. Here's the good picture <laughs> taken of you right here. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that is a good picture. So I have I to know. tell you, I've really, you know, we've talked Luis Mendez many times. Uh, he has a wiki page. Has his yeah. own Flickr group. Yeah. Been in the New York Flickr Times. Group. Been in the New York Times. Shot some, he shot Cab Calloway and a few oh, really? other major celebrities. Uh, he's been shooting, I want to say, 30 or 40 years. And uh, Luis Mendez, he is a, a street photographer. What would you categorize him? Cause I, he, I would say street portraits. Yeah, like street in, portraits. impromptu portrait yeah. photographer. Yeah. Street he's for, a yeah. portrait for hire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Street photography, I consider more like Gary Winogrand, like that the, sort of like thing. Like the getting in people's Off faces, the cuff, candid kind of capture stuff. moments. Yeah. Um, street portraiture is uh, sort of like the newer thing where you say, hey, can I take your picture? Right. And you pose it, and, ev- and everybody's aw- aware of what's going on, you know? I think, and I don't know, but I'm guessing that he might be busier than ever because now that the whole digital, the digital boredom set in. It, it yeah. really has. It's like yeah. a, I mean, everything's just digital, a million cameras in Times Square, their phones. Yeah. To see Luis Mendez, to, to get a, a portrait of yourself done. So different. On yeah. a camera that now seems like something out of like Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> <laughs> and a, an image, instant image on film, I, I, I would guess that he's as busy as ever. We did speak with him. He shot a group shot of FPP. Yeah. So this is really interesting, Mike. When we were lining up for the the group shot, yeah, like Lewis Menes was counting down until the shot, right? And all of a sudden, I see this guy run in behind me. I'm like, son of a bitch! Someone's <laughs> photobombing, and it's a Polaroid. You know, it's not, we're not going to do it again, right? So I was like, for, I was getting ready to be so pissed off. Yeah. And then as soon as the portrait was taken, I snapped my head behind. Like, who is this? Who is and we this? didn't know. It was Dane. Yeah. <laughs> After they took the shot, he like. Ran away. Yeah, he ran yeah. back out. So I thought, it was, I totally thought it was a photo bomb. And he looks dangerous. insane in the picture. Yeah, <laughs> he looks insane in general. <laughs> because he, <laughs> because he was moving. Oh. Yeah, he literally photobombed. Like as the shutter was clicking, <laughs> he was in. moving in. He yeah. looks like that's what photobomb is, by the way. Somebody just uh, running into another staged uh, snapshot. Yeah, it's being F'd. random stranger. <laughs> it's getting f. Screw so up. I was, I was this like shot. It was it was relieving that it was Dane because I was like so ready to just like yeah chomp someone. He out. looks <laughs> insane. Michael Kalea, for you folks out there who don't know who Michael Kalea is, Michael is part of the uh, inner circle. <laughs> I thought I thought we did away with the inner circle. We did. There's no yeah. such thing. No, it's a figment of your imagination. Michael Kalea designed the FPP website. Without him, we just we wouldn't have as much class. <laughs> class We'd on have the, site. the old piece of crap, <laughs> right? 
As a matter of fact, you know, we've been uh, pitching for donations to keep FPP going. And my concern is that, you see, when we have the old bum site, mm-hmm. people go to our site to donate and be like, oh, man, these guys are broke. These guys yeah. really need our money. <laughs> yeah, because the site was just like a piece of sheesh. Yeah. The new site is so good, it makes it they look don't like... need money. Yeah. yeah, it looks like we're sponsored or something. Well, we should yeah. just be like, you know, if, if we don't get the donations, Michael's just going to pull the plug out. <laughs> yeah. Look at those 1990-type sites. They scroll down. They have, like, blink. It was like an old, really yeah. old site. Michael works behind the scenes with a gentleman named Gareth, who's in the U.K., <laughs> to design the FPP website. And the, the, t- the current bum store <laughs> is going to be integrated into the new site. Oh, that'll be classic. Yeah, nice. it's going to be a nicer... Uh, store and then we can like link all the stuff we review like and, and here's where you can buy it yeah like, yeah yeah uh, uh, Michael uh, um, was at the PDN with his wife Erica and their newest film shooter and the newest addition to their family Lil Lily, Lily. yep Lily Lil very Lily. cute Lil Lily <laughs> she was pretty well behaved very well. she had her own little camera too Did yeah you <laughs> wooden camera wooden camera yeah, yeah what does that take one ten one ten okay yeah. <laughs> uh, we chatted with Michael let's uh, let's talk. I'm here with the Kalea family, not just Michael Kalea. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Please, good. Please do the intros. Uh, so, of course, myself. This is Lily, or uh, probably the, possibly the youngest uh, podcast listener. Say hi. No. 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 Okay. Okay. And this is Erica, my wife, and Hi. also a podcast listener. Hi, Erica. Hi. Nice to meet you. Finally. And you're you're shooting as well, right? Yes, I do. I shoot mostly 35, and I'm trying to get into some medium format and develop a love for the TLR. Very nice. And have you just recently started listening to FPP? I just recently, I listened to the first episode in a timely fashion, but then, you know, I was pregnant and very distracted and not able to listen. And she was, and then she was born and it was really hard. And now I just started listening on my way to work and I am in September 2010. Oh, okay. So I'm really, really enjoying it. I listen to it, like, all the time when I'm on the train, and I have to stop myself from looking like a crazy person by laughing out loud stuff, but I really love it. I'm, I'm really happy that you enjoy it. I mean, we put a lot of love into it, and it's hard to gauge sometimes whether people like the, you know, the lightheartedness of it. I love the lightheartedness of it, and I get the Jersey references because I went to Rutgers. Okay. So I get the Jersey references, and I just, I people look at me like I'm a crazy person because I'm sitting there cracking up, muttering under my breath C41 and stuff like that <laughs> well that's pretty awesome he actually is the one who who pulled us both back out of digital into film uh, it was a while back I'd just gotten the Nikon back from a friend and she was like how do we, how does this thing work and so slowly by teaching her how it worked I got back into it and and so that's how it started back up for us right now and of course, uh, Erica, you know that uh, Michael designed our website. I do, and it's awesome looking. It is, right? Did it all while ta- helping me take care of Lily. Oh, that's great. Lily helped design the website. Awesome. She did, she did. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. all true. Yeah, yeah. It was great when uh, Michael, you mentioned that um, uh, both yourself and Gareth, who uh, he's from, he's from the UK. He's in Edinburgh. Uh, yes, that the fact that we have a new site, that we use it. Yes. Uh, actually, Gareth mentioned that. He was like, you know, I built so many sites for people, and they just lay dormant after they're built, and no one ever updates it. And this one's alive and kicking, and there's always new content and fresh stuff, and there's a whole community around it. And it's really exciting for us to have, like, yeah. actually build something that's being used. And have you gotten into the show yet? I have not been in there yet. No, no. We have been, folks listening. Hey, John. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Do you know Michael Kalea? Yes, I met him and his lovely wife and daughter. You did? Earlier today, earlier today yeah. They're lovely, right? Lovely people. Brooklynites. Do you know that Michael designed the FPP website? 
No, I did not. You did not know that. No, I did not know that. Now I you wouldn't know. I may have known that and forgotten it, and now it's like I'm hearing it for the first time. So, have you been to the site? Of course, yes. Okay, I'm just asking. I know sometimes you know you're busy. I'd go there more often if there was a picture of me in the banner, but there's not. Fantastic. Yes, it's very well done. Good job. Yeah, well, there's a there's a new store coming. <gasps> Updated version of the store, uh, hopefully easy to find things, easy to see them, easy to read about them, you know, ratings and all that kind of thing. So hopefully that'll be you know more enjoyable experience as well. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Very stoked about it. Now the store, as it stands right now, it's the old old store. It still works. It has become a Polaroid automatic land camera central. People are going nuts over the Polaroid automatic land cameras. Oh, I see. That's your big item. Yeah. Yes. My question to Michael actually would be: Do you have any any interest in instant photography? Well, actually, we have a uh, Polaroid automatic land camera. We have a 250. Okay. The good one. Yeah. Well, I don't know which is the good one, but yeah, it is a good one. Actually, we, we've been shooting uh, film from uh, the FPP store. Oh, very nice. And, uh, and, and we got our battery from there. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Back to life, yeah. Your uh, battery compartment was not corroded out. It was fortunately not. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything actually that was wrong. The, first, the very first pack that went through it did not exactly go well. But uh, I, I think that my, my one failure was to clean the rollers. Okay. So I think the, the battery compartment thing is definitely the first tip and checking the shutter. But then the one other tip before you do anything is wash, clean up those rollers. Yeah, yeah. The first pack is the, the toughest, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Sure, sure. Thank you. Looking forward to 2012. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, Mike, uh, Erica, she, like, she was eyeballing my hossie. Really? Oh, yeah. Everyone eyeballs the Hasi. Well, I was telling you, I shot three rolls of film. The first roll was like like Portra or Ektar or something, so I'm going to have to push the hell out of it because I just shot snow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, it was really low light in there, shooting like 800, 1600. I was handing the Hasi around to like everybody, Justin, Mm -hmm. Erica... Uh, just every and you know everybody was like handling so much of my stuff all day. I had no idea where it was. All of a sudden, yeah. I get the hospital back to me, and two rolls had magically been shot through it. <laughs> oh, you're kidding! Yeah. yeah. Does someone reload it with their own film? No, I like they hand it back, handed it back to hey, me. It's all like, empty. Oh, oh, it's shot. So like I reload and start passing it back around. Portra, Portra, come <laughs> Binox, on, Portra, Binox, Binox. <laughs> You know, what was amazing is being in a group of FPPers. They knew all the lingo. And I, um, we, just, we just arrived at the Kodak booth and Scott DiSabato, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Scott was there. Yeah. And it's me, Scott, you, and a little group. But no, there's no documentation of it. Aww. So I was like, John. John was just like talking to Dane. Yeah. <laughs> just talking yeah. to Dane. I'm like, you talk to Dane. to my head. I'm like, you can talk to Dane anytime. You could be smoothing like, on Tuesday. Get so over I'm here. Like, John. John. And then two FPPers are like... Binox. Binox. Yeah. Binox. Hey, Binox. That's awesome. It's going to be known forever. People yeah. now know more about FPP, the shows, than I do. <laughs> well, we just don't remember it most Because of the they're time. going yeah. through the light. Like, Dan, you probably, like, they're going through the archive. Yeah. yeah. And they're coming up with these phrases that I forget about, you know? They're fun to listen to, so you listen to them a few times. Right. Get stuck in your head. You never I would leave. say those are true FPPers, those yeah. who know Binox. What are some other key expressions? Baja Fresh. Stoops. Baja Fresh. Fresh. There he is. You hungry, T? You want to send the kid for Baja Fresh? And the newest one. Jordan, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Which John didn't explain on the show. No, he didn't. Ex- uh, he explained, explained it to car. me, though, on the way back to the car. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Who's next? Oh, Eric Yee. Eric Yee. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I knew, I knew that we wanted to go to Kodak and Freestyle. 
Konak and Freestyle. 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 <laughs> I was like, there's the hand. What's he waiting on? <laughs> uh, I don't remember Fuji. It's a blur. Ha- yeah. I don't remember Fuji last year. No. But they, they were there, but they were like they were smaller and they were all about plug like plugging the X100 which had not come out yet. Oh. Which yeah. was that retro yeah. point and shoot. Yeah. It seems like they've uh, been upping the effort on the film end of things just they're, this past year. They're pushing Instax. Yeah, yeah there was an Instax setup. Yeah. And the more was, people were there than were like the digital stuff yeah. too. I noticed yeah. that. Eric was there and I, I grabbed a few words with Eric. Let's take a quick listen. I'm here with Eric E from uh, Fujifilm, and I, uh, Eric, I saw you by the this very uh, beautiful Instax booth. Tell me a little bit about the film. Sure, uh, Instax is uh, Fujifilm's kind of instant camera and instant uh, photo maker. Uh, within the camera, you can actually take a photo, and it instantly prints out. Uh, a Polaroid-esque type of photo, basically. Nice, it's convenient, you know, you can kind of have a tangible photo right then and there to give to your friends and share. I mean, I think right now also with all the digital photos, you know, you're kind of passing around your your camera to, to show them the picture that you just took. Now is something that you can actually share with friends, and like I said, it's kind of a tangible piece of uh, uh, film. You people come up and have kind of like, oh, wow, like, do they mention, oh, like Polaroid, do people miss that? Yeah, I mean, I think it is kind of a, you know, it's it's an, it's an a new modern way and flair to the old school kind of way of, of yeah, kind of, of the Polaroid picture. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I think the Polaroid, I guess, photo is kind of set in a lot of people's minds. So, yes, it does kind of remind them of it. You know, it is a very similar technology, so. How, how do people react to the wide uh, Instax 210? Um, a lot of people use it. A lot of people like it. I mean, it is a little bit, uh, it's a bigger camera, but at the same time, uh, you really can kind of get that bigger, wider format. And a lot of times people use it for commercial uses, um, you know, for, uh, and a lot of people are using it for weddings and things like that. It's for real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And are you actually selling these on the floor today or you send people to a dealer? Uh, we're actually sending people to a dealer, but we do kind of have a little offer where if you do want to um, buy actually the, any of those models, you can come back and we'll get you two free uh, packages of film. Right. Now, what is the general feel? I mean, you're on the floor here. Do you think that people are going to buy this or people so used to digital? Like, what's the reaction, generally speaking, to going back to a tangible piece of film? You know, I think people are kind of, they, they kind of like the, the, uh, the actual tangible film. And it's nice to actually kind of bring that back. So people, I mean, we're definitely getting some positive uh, reactions to it. Awesome. I saw a young man just walk by with like a stack of like FP100 uh, C, do you think he stole it from your booth, or is a giveaway going on? <laughs> there could be some giveaways actually on the other side. I'm not even sure actually. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Eric. Sure, no problem. Okay. Take care. So when I was talking to Eric, he he really gave the pitch about the tangibility of film, mm-hmm. yep. and the fact that it's like it's Polaroid like. I, I yeah. caught him explaining a couple times, and he just couldn't do it without saying Polaroid, and that like that got people. Yeah, they yeah. got people. People were very interested. Back in the day, when Polaroid, like, they tapped into something. And, like, now there's this fusion between this part of American culture and Polaroid. Absolutely. You can't really... Well, it's like saying yeah. a Kleenex. You get a tissue. Yes, you know, yes. And that's very much the same. So. so many people outside the U.S. are buying Polaroid automatic land cameras from the FPP store because that camera taps into Amer- the American legacy of photography. It's what you call a brand. It's like a Kodak, but it's a, yeah. it's a heartfelt, it's like yeah. Chevy. 
Yeah. People buy Chevys because old beat up Chevys yeah. barely run. Yeah. She- people buy Chevy pickup trucks, mm-hmm. right? Because it taps into the whole Midwest. People want to tap into that, and you can't get it in Germany. No, but they uh, want it. They see it. Yeah. They want or it. if you're you two in Ireland, you yeah. know, I always think of them, the Joshua Tree, right? And their whole there was a small docu- document. Uh, what well, maybe it was their film? Yeah. Where. Uh, the Bono talks about they were so <laughs> the Bono. they yeah. were so excited about American yeah. Midwest culture. They it's, wanted to try and capture the American spirit on that album, The Joshua Tree. Yeah, yeah. and it's the same way with Polaroid cameras. So when FPP is shipping cameras to uh, uh, Germany, Norway, uh, the UK, uh, uh, Malaysia, China, Antarctica, <laughs> and a few other places that I'm yeah. scared that it's not going to arrive. Yeah, uh, it's trying to tap into that the fact that you could have this camera. And shoot with it and have that tangible piece of film. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. And Fuji is doing that with their Instax mini cameras. And the 210. Yeah, right. And the 210, which... The wide stuff. My impression from the very short period of time I spent there was that people think the 210 is too big. It's yeah. a monster. It is. It is a monster. It's but, the... Yeah. I think it's just like the... Like you pick it up and you're like, oh, it's, it's not that bad. But it just has a... You can't fit in a purse. No. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel good. It like should the, be more streamlined. Like the mini, the, like that, like the yeah. piano black. Exactly. That feels good. They it need a feel piano cheap. black for the. They need a wide piano black. Or like something yeah. chrome. A grand piano. You know, black. like like a solid like chrome kind of feeling camera because people yeah. are they seek that retro kind of feel, but then when they see this perfectly you know saturated nice film come out of it, I think that would sell also, them right there. I, yeah, I, I love the wide pictures. Yeah, wide yeah. pictures reminiscent of Polaroid six hundred camera, not so much. <laughs> I wish the camera was more sophisticated. Yeah. It's yeah. so like like there's so few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if they made a you mean like a Spectralite camera? Yeah. Yes. Like, the, like the dip switches? Oh, yes. <laughs> underrated uh most underrated Polaroid camera, Polaroid Spectra. It's a beautiful yeah. camera. Yes. Mm. It's got that beautiful It's my favorite. The uh, the autofocus is wonderful. Yep. So it's, w- it's a sonar transducer. It's wonderful. So I'm I'm stoked about Fujifilm. And after I got done talking to Eric... I kind of like pulled you by the collar. I was like, Mike, yeah. you yeah. got to get over I here. I couldn't Something's believe. Happening. This is what I call the Fuji Film Explosion. I walk through the crowd. This is like screaming and yelling. And let, let's just roll with the clip. Excuse me, what's going on in here? Something's happening. What's going on? What did I miss? What's going on? What's, what's happening in here? I'm going to get the microphone through. What's, what's, well, at least I have a photo op. Hold on. What did I miss? Halloween. Happy Halloween. Hacktastic. Oh, how'd that happen, Dan? It's gone. It's gone. It's, you missed it. Where'd it, where'd it come from? This, 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 this lovely lady right here. She gave us some pack films. Like like fifteen packs. From her from her personal stash? From the, from the back, yeah. They had a bunch of it. Is she from Fuji? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Packs of uh, Fuji film. Here, here. No, 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 no. Oh, you use it. Put it in the bag. <laughs> Put it in the bag. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. You're welcome. How many did you get? Six. Oh my God. She like walked up and handed. It's okay. You're a student. Yeah, I think that's why. And I gave her a hug. Really? What? Thank you very much. Uh, I'm not getting anything. Standing here in awe. Here's Dane. Dane, what are you looking at? I'm looking at a 
six by six, six by seven, one twenty Fujifilm camera that's new. The one hundred C and the four five. Um, are you going to be keep making that? Um, as far as I know, right now, yes. We'll put and, you on the spot, Case. Yeah, no problem, right? And what about the three thousand? Uh, 3,000, yes. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Great uh, to hear. Okay, so I'm Michael with Film Photography Podcast. Hi, Michael. I understand like like a deluge of film just fell into people's... I heard like a crowd roar. Oh, I yeah, came yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was awesome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. My pleasure. We have an amazing amount of people shooting the old Polaroid pack cameras. Yeah. And they love your 100C film. Yeah, it's it's really crisp. It's great. got great color. And uh, I, don't, I mean, it speaks for itself, right? When everyone asks me, I just want to ask one question, and that is, will Fuji continue to support this format? Um, as far as I know, it will. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as what I've been told and what I'm aware of, it's going to continue to support instant film. So, Thank you very much. Thank you. You okay. said you missed out. Casey has extra film. Yes, I missed out. I'm going to hand it out, though. My name is Mike. I'm with Film Photography Podcast. Hi, I'm Brandon from Fuji, here with Goody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's weird talking to a mic with no uh, video. Hey, guys. Look, oh, look at this. Yeah, Jackpot! And here for your Polaroid thing. Oh, Thank you. What's your name, sir? Still Brandon. Yes, sir. Now, do you do this often? Like, you come out with like a case of film? I'm the film pimp. You are. Yeah. Do you know people are going nuts shooting Polaroid pack cameras from the '60s using this film? Um, I'm thrilled they are. We make the peel apart, and Fuji Instant is the way to go. It certainly is. Now, I, I uh, asked uh, Casey, I said, uh, you're not like going to stop making this, are you? Well, what did Casey say? She didn't, gave me a very corporate response. Uh, I'm going to do the same. <laughs> it's a supply and demand thing. You, do, you demand, we supply. How's the demand? Demand is very good so far on the uh, product in your hand. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks, guys. How about 110? <laughs> Demand's not as good. Ah. Dane asked about 110. He's walking around with his micro Holga with no flash. I was expecting you to dig in your pockets. So. Uh, now I don't know. Like, I'm going to hand this out to the guys. Have fun, Thank guys. you. Wow. All right, who didn't get film that needs, that shoots pack film? Who didn't get, I didn't get any 3,000. I got too much. Oh, don't worry, you're good. So give me one of each. Black and white? Does anybody, there Thank you. Does anybody have a 4x5 back or just the medium format? I have a 4x5. I can, no, instant back. Yeah, I have the Crown Graphic with the 4x5 with the, back. With, with the Fuji? FP100C45. Because I may have a pack of that. That would be fantastic. Wow. That would get me to raise the 4x5. I love the colors. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Whatever you like. Is this one right? Yes, go ahead. You guys shoot? With this stuff? You do? People love, I'm standing here just kind of in awe. I will tell you one thing I know. People love free film. My stack of film is now dwindling to a two-pack, but I don't care because uh, Brandon? Brandon. He, he, he's sneaking around inside some booth looking for some 4 by 5 He's going to make you even happier. He's going to make me even happier. And you know what? I'm going to hold on to that 4 by 5 Yes. Oh, well. You see that beast in my studio, the crown graphic? I don't think I've ever seen you behind it. I shot it last night. Oh, did you? First time? First time. I shot a portrait of Dan Domi. Yeah, we were all nervous and sweaty. No. Matt gave me some great tips. Where's Matt? There he is over there. Matt's has like a little audience around him. He's like talking to chicks and stuff. No, not really, Lauren. He's the chick magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lauren, we're keeping our eye on him. So far, he's only professional. So far, he's only ever 
professional. All that we have for the four by five is what's sitting in the thing there. So break the glass. <laughs> it says break glass in case of emergency. There's not enough snow yet. <laughs> Thanks. To tell you the truth, we're we're gonna get rid of what we have, but at the end of the show, so we're keeping that intact, and then we'll have probably four by five. Okay, very good. Everyone's clamoring over the four by five. Oh yeah, definitely. A, it's expensive. Not as expensive as eight by ten. Not as expensive as eight by ten, but everyone like I see a few people think I think they're gonna break the glass. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like, I, I swear, my memory is like it was raining FP100C. Wouldn't believe it unless you were there. Like, and, of course, Hunter White, the entire day. Hunter uh, is a friend of the FPP. He contacted us, uh, contacted me via email months ago. He is a School of Visual Arts student and going to be a guest on the FPP. Oh. And he was with us the entire day. You yeah. Met him. He made out like a bandit the entire day. Like, he, he got the most. Yeah. At the at the F, he had tons of FP one hundred C. Well, he he was yeah. the first one to ask. You know, okay. Because the one thing I've been saying to people is like the you like ask. You yeah. have to and like and it's not just asking. It's like if you ask a guy and you get turned down, you're not asking the right guy. Yeah. You can't got to be a little pushy. Like yeah. I was like th- this guy. I was like, do you know anything about film? And he's like, no. And I was like, then why are you selling the film? Get me somebody that knows film. Right. And this uh this where not the, not the, Fuji, the Fuji yeah oh, okay and no well like, he was just holding the fort down. Somebody went to the bathroom. Yeah, she went to the, the, she had gone to the bathroom. <laughs> And uh, she, she came back out, and I was like, hey, we're going to get this Acros 8 but I was giving her a real hard time, like asking her impossible questions. She had all the answers, and I was like, we got FP100. See, look at all these pack cameras we got around here. Hunter whipped his camera out, and she's like, hold on. oh, pack film, hold on. And she yeah. comes out with like 15 boxes of FP100C. Wasn't there some FP100C 4045 that she gave out? Didn't Hunter have a 4x5 um, FP100C? Yeah, she gave him yeah. one pack of that, too. And I asked him, I'm like, Hunter, how are you going to shoot that? Thinking maybe he'd give it to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I, he had an answer for everything. No, I have the back. <laughs> Hunter, do you have the back for that kid? Hunter, do you still have that film? Send it over. <laughs> <laughs> I got my crown graphic. It's thirsty. <laughs> yeah, it's thirsty. <laughs> yeah. I would say that the Fuji booth was the beginning of what I would call the space madness of FPP for That's the day. Like, yeah. That was the... Like, like initial we, climax, but it, get, it gets better. Time, that was the gateway. Time yeah. just, it was the gateway to... Another time, dimension. There was, there was no time. There was no, no time. That, it was that's all, where we lost like two and a half hours. Just, yeah. I would call a, <laughs> a, a beyond burst of excitement. It was like a, a nuclear explosion of excitement. Yes. Everyone was clamoring for FP100C. And it, it was, and, and at Fuji, they were great. They were just like, Happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah. Like, open and was, your bags. Was confetti when balloons were released came down? <laughs> I don't remember. And then finally we decided to move on. And where, yeah. where did we go? Well, before we hit uh, Kodak, we interviewed another gentleman who had come in with his girlfriend once we entered the showroom. And, like He just like... Knew it was us because yeah. he'd been a fan of the FP or uh, FPP for a while, and him and his girlfriend just kind of like followed us over to Fuji, and we're like, "Oh, it's Cliff! It's Cliff, Cliff and Jay, yeah, from Ringwood, New Jersey." Yeah, I'm seeking Cliff. I'm seeking Cliff. I'm seeking Cliff. Cliff, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to you now. Is it true you're from Ringwood? It was true. I'm from Hawthorne now. Moved oh, just wh- recently. Where in Ringwood were you from? Uh, off Stonetown Road. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Cupsaw. Did you really? Yeah. The other side of town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the lakes. Oh, when I was a kid, Stonetown was just uh, under development. Really? Yeah. So we used to go up there in all the uh, framed out houses and, and party. 
Who knows? We may have even partied in the house that you grew up in. It's off the road. It's like a barn off the road. Is it really? It's there and a goat and, yeah, chickens, all kinds of stuff. Oh, wow. That's that's country living in Ringwood, New Jersey. It is, yeah. But anyways, thanks for coming down to the PDN show. We braved the weather. We braved the, uh, the snow and the rain. We made it. You came by car or train? Train. Uh, yeah. Did you ask him any questions? Yeah, we're getting to it. Okay, good. So, Cliff, what got you into shooting film? Uh, I found my brother's camera when I was like 13, and uh, I just loved it. He, um, it was a Canon, I forget what, a 35mm Canon. And I would just walk around the house with it, and I'd just look through the lens and thought it was awesome. Like that depth of field, you could like focus on things, and... So um, I started buying cameras, and it's been an expensive hobby, but I love it. Because well, uh, I'm, I'm just listening to you say that, and I, I remember the first time I picked up a camera and it had the same magical, I'm going to say magical, oh, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say magical experience. Yeah. Because you really don't get that with a digital camera when you pick it up. You just look at the thing and you kind of press it. It doesn't work the way you want it to. You're like, what's wrong with this thing? <laughs> exactly. Well, they're crap. But the magic of film... Got you at age 13. What was the first camera you remember getting? I had a Olympus OM uh, 10, I think, was my aunt's. The way it happened was I found my brother's camera, and I thought, in my basement, there must be another camera. I don't know why I thought that. There usually is. I went down there, and there was. It was my aunt's camera, just down there. And so that was my first camera. Um, And then I I dabbled in digital. I had a point-and-shoot, and and it was fun. And then I'm trying to remember when I really started getting back into it. I had... um, it might have actually been a, a Polaroid uh, land camera, I ah. think, years ago. And then I started doing black and whites. I have a dark room at the house in Ringwood there I go oh, to and do that. Great. It's been great. Uh, that first roll that gets done properly, you're just like, this is a, it's amazing. Yeah. It is magic. This it is. is. It's, it's another magical yeah, experience. Yeah, it's not physics. This is, this is magic. It's not yeah. chemistry. It's like magic <laughs> right now happening. And I got, I, I mean, I'm no pro, but I can go in and consistently do work that I like. Yeah. And it's just great to every time you get the negatives out to see that something's there. And well, you, you nailed it right there. It's like you don't have to be a pro to, to dabble in this stuff because it all is experimenting yeah. and finding your way and finding your footing, so to speak, and learning as you go. It's a lifelong process to learn. Right. No, I'm all about the experimentation process and and um, just trying stuff. Like when I bought a land camera, I didn't know you could even get film for it. I was like, this is awesome. And I did the research and found out you could. So so definitely, it's been so rewarding. And anyone who's not sure about it or whatever, it's like just get into it and you'll have fun. You'll do something, yeah. you'll like it, and you'll be excited about it. Now, do you have a uh, do you have a case of gas? A what? Gas. Right now? No, gear acquisition syndrome? <laughs> uh, I don't want to know what's happening right. inside your body right now, no. That's good. Um, I've, I, I have, and right now it's um, not really an option, so that's okay. I did pick up, I got a great deal on an SX-70. A guy, Ooh. yeah, a guy in the area, he didn't know what it was, really. And um, <laughs> What is this? Yeah. No, it was his grandfather's, and he was an older guy, so it hadn't been used in years. It looked like it's literally been used once. I right. mean, there was, wow. there was a pack of film in it. I have a pack of film that expired in 86, a Time Zero oh. film. In there. Now, have you tested this camera? I've tested it. Yeah, it works fine with you wow. know the impossible stuff. The camera works. The film in there obviously was not wow. working, but the camera works fine. Um, it's imperfect. He's like an older guy. You can tell who, and he had other cameras. He almost sold me a Leica for thirty dollars. I was like, oh, you know, my God. He's like, I, he's like, I think <laughs> no. I, I offered him. I, I only had a, like I had a hundred bucks on me. I was like, I'll give it to you for both. And right. he's like, which would have been totally stealing anyway. Sure. And I, he's like, no, I'll hold on to it, and it was fine. He sold it and whatever. But that's cool. Uh, you lucked out with the uh, with the uh, instant camera. Everybody, a lot of people that we meet have great stories like that, where they find a, a pristine camera, mm-hmm. and it's kind of almost gifted to them. 
yeah. So it's it's good to hear that you had one as well. Yeah, yeah. But as far as things, you know, I've kept. I think a lot of photographers you want to keep going up in format and keep going up. So mm-hmm. I think I'm pulling the plug. It's stopping at um four by five pinhole. I have. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like no, I won't no, won't spend money on lenses for it, and uh, you know, just uh, can develop it at home. So. Well, you know what? We'll talk to you in five years and see where you're at. I'm sure you'll be carrying around your eight by ten camera. Like, uh, yeah, like antique stuff, the wood bodies, the lenses from 150 years yeah. ago. Or something. That's the thing. There's, there's no end to it. Well, so, um, about it. You, you never stop learning. You never stop. You know, there's always more to do. There's always more to see. So now, this is your wife. My wife Whitney. Yep. Your wife Whitney. And now she's also shooting. Yes. Yeah, she has Diana. Uh, Diana and uh, yeah, the Diana. The Diana F. I just got one of those. I haven't shot with it yet. It's great. Yeah. What What do you like about uh, the low mo cameras? Um, I think it's almost the lack of thought behind it that it's not like 35 or other cameras where you're actually looking at you know, the depth of field and the focus. You're just more or less just able to shoot what you see and then it's more the the feeling behind the image it's not they're, they're emotional images with the low mo thing I think they're good entry level photography cameras for people who want to get into film and maybe are a little bit intimidated by film cameras SLRs and whatnot. so the low mo's is the way to go and I, I love them I, I always lean back to the low mo stuff I do love my SLR and my uh, Insta I don't want to carry it around and you're like I don't want to carry 10 pounds worth of camera equipment I my what we have fun with is the, um, the what's it called the splitzer. It's uh, split up the frame. So just fun things like that. It's just you take something like photography, which is amazing as it is, and just have fun with it. Tweak it out some and just do things you couldn't do with a digital camera. So you guys are living proof that couples can't come together on on films and hobbies, which is great because it's kind of rare because. Usually, you know, the one spouse is being tailed behind by the other one. So when she's like supportive, like I think I want to get that. And she's like, no, that's something we should do. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I love it. And believe me, as you guys go along, you know, you go for walks or in the city or uh, in other places and take your photos, and then you can kind of compare like your different points of view uh, of the same experience. That's the fun of it. Yeah, same film, same camera, and our different shots. It's great. Yeah, it's a lot. Of fun. Oh, it was great talking to you guys. Enjoy the show. We are. Woo. We already got free film, so we're doing good. Good. Yeah, really. All right, see ya. Okay, next up is the highlight of the of the day. Easily my highlight. Yeah. <laughs> the Kodak booth. Oh. Scott D. Sabato <laughs> heading up the film division. Keith Canham at, at his side from Canham Cameras. Yes. yes. And it was almost a picture-perfect snapshot from last year of the same setup, sort of same setup. There's Scott. There's Keith. But it was different. It had a way different feel. The feel was different. First of all, we... <clears throat> one ma- could argue it was a Kodak moment. <laughs> we, we came into the scene with a huge group, and it was just different. When Scott... I saw Scott, he immediately was like, Oh! Just, the place just blew up. Like, yeah, like everyone hey! knew each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, a burst. It was crowded. It, it was. But it was a little more open than last year because last year they had they were trying to... They were pushing the portrait film, the, yeah. the 400, mm-hmm. yeah. and they had like those those prints out. Yeah. But like it was like, a ma- it was like a labyrinth that you had to make your way through. Yeah. And like yeah. the samples were on the side. Yeah. And this year it was very open. Open. They kind of had the, the little Kodak arch and yeah. the big Kodak sign behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, let's take a shot here. By the time I got the Zoom microphone out to record, you guys were already in mid-conversation. Like, I was standing there. Yeah. And Scott started talking. 
And he's like, and I have some great news for you guys. I'm like, well, stop. Oh, stop. Pause. I pull out the microphone. And, of course, you know, the, the HD takes a minute to juice yeah, up. Yeah, but it's, it's because time. it's welcoming you. It's like, oh, hey, how's your, how's your day going? Yeah, Let's yeah, get the, recording. The Zoom <laughs> microphone comes up. It's like, hey, welcome. Hey. It's like, do, 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 little hourglass. And you power it off. It's like, oh, okay. And, Goodbye. of course, in the bottom left is a little Varda meter. <laughs> Bum. <laughs> Varda meter, which tells you how much juice you have. I got it going. I'm like. Uh, Scott, we're, we're on now. To, what's the news? And here it is. Super positive. The news for us, you know, and I think we've all been a part of it, but, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen a lot of people uh, stick with photography, uh, try some digital, and then come on back, back. to photography. But I think the, the great news is there's really been an expansion of people using film out there. And even though we've been seeing it for two or three years, we haven't necessarily... Yeah, kind of seeing that movement, that resurgence offset to any degree, uh, you know, the declines that we're seeing worldwide. And it's important you look worldwide because film can come from absolutely anywhere. Um, but what, we, what we're seeing this year with the pro-film portfolio at Kodak is, is growth uh, in summary across the board. You know, in early October, we've already kind of met uh, the previous year's revenue line. So, you know, so that's 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 growth. So we've got like two and a half more months that will just pile on top of that. You know, and I think everything that's going on out here, the stuff that you're doing, uh, the network of uh, film photographers out there, the lifestyle of the analog photographer out here, I just see it growing. I don't see it, you know, having this moment, but I think it's bigger than... Uh, than any one manufacturer, than any one group of photographers. So we're just thrilled and excited. Uh, it's really cool that we've, in the past five years, introduced four films. I think that's been a nice kind of beacon to say, hey, there's still great technology here that we can share with you, new, advanced, to make better images, images that are real and tangible. So we're just thrilled. Yeah, It's the best it's ever been, too. So that's the best argument for a film photographer, someone that used to argue that, oh, it's very hard to shoot. This is easily the, the best film they've ever had easiest to shoot you know for folks i don't know if you sell it like this but portrait 400 i, I say it's it's like the the best transition for digital shooters because you can kind of play around with the speeds a bit no that's a great point because there are a lot of photographers out there that were you know born digital they've been shooting digital and they're very intimidated by the leap over to film well when you have uh films like the portrait films out there that have uh, three stops over two stops under exposure latitude that's a heck of a safety net that wasn't necessarily there 10 or 20 years ago uh, to help them get really successful results as they're learning to to put light on film it's exciting i'm excited because we're going to shoot an 8x10 shot on portrait 400 8x10. Matt, you're lock and loaded, right? I mean, you're not set up yet, but... Oh God, yeah, it's going to take a bit, but we just, we just need to like clear a circle around me so I can get everything out and ready, nobody knocking me around. The setup is going to be five minutes. Garant is going to be bing, 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 done. done. you got to see how fast this guy works. So, it, Mike, you line him up, I'll do the rest. Okay. All right? Tell us a little bit of, about large format. For folks who don't know who Keith Canham is, just tell us a little bit about him. Well, you know, Keith and I, uh, two or three years ago, got together, and uh, he makes some fabulous uh, large, ultra-large format uh, uh, cameras. And it's important if you're, if you're making cameras that you got uh, good stuff to go in it. So we, we had been talking about making sure that, uh, that he can uh, sell our color and black-and-white films as part of what he's kind of uh, uh, placing in the marketplace. So we kind of got together, and at this point in time, he's... He's pretty much our worldwide distributor for ultra-large format 
uh, film. So if Kodak makes an emulsion base combination, we'll cut it to your size. We do need it to be a significant amount of order so we can gain some efficiency out of that. So he, what he does on a worldwide basis is collect that demand places an order with us, and he's produced 20 by 24, uh, 11 by 14, 717, all sorts and sizes and shapes. Because really, you know, for the large format photographer, things have really changed. Uh, Kodak in the past has had, you know, warehouses full of product, but but it, it's not being sold because certain dealers don't buy it anymore, even though photographers walk in and want it. So there's kind of a bit of a disconnect. The demand's there. We're making it. So I think kind of working in with a kind of exclusive worldwide distributor like this is going to help both dealers and photographers make the connection where it's been a little awkward and difficult in the past. So we're excited. When, uh, when T-Max 400 got discontinued in the 8x10 was just when I was learning how to use it. And that's what I bought. I bought five boxes. And I, I, my heart sunk because overnight I could no longer get it. I was terrified. So Keith uh, got two boxes for me through the special ordering. It was great. So I can still get your great film. Well, that's just it. You know, we throw the switch. I mean, we're very committed to film. Uh, and, and the fact that the, the base and the foundation is growing is what's really exciting for me. So, uh, yeah, we will make this film. It's just, you know, we just got to think a, a little bit ahead, plan a little bit ahead to, to try to get some of this product uh, for your shoots. That's fabulous. When, uh, when I make the jump to 12 by 20, finally, will you cut some for me? We'll cut it. Awesome. So, folks listening, the best thing to do is to get out there and keep shooting film. And, and I know the folks at Kodak, you guys do the best job you can and just move, push it forward. It's really as simple as that. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. We're going to set up for this shot. Sounds great. Thanks you. Thank you. Yeah. Question. The biggest question that uh, some FPPers have had and I've seen on other, other threads is, well, if you're talking to Kodak, get the scoop on what's going on. Yeah. What people mean is that in the news, you know, like the Newswire, yeah. PR Newswire, <laughs> routers, <laughs> CN, like all the major news. Lots yeah. of paranoid press about them lately. Yeah, yeah, there's been amazing, like like mainstream New York Times press about uh, Kodak stock going down and the fact that they, a lot of speculation, the fact that they tapped their line of credit. Yeah. When someone taps their line of credit. Uh, it's like the beginning of the end. Stock markets feel that, you know, that, that you know, something's up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then there's been some negative press on film, uh, motion picture film cameras. Not negative press, facts that right. motion picture film cameras, the last one rolled off the assembly line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a group out there who seems to like be wanting to nail, co- nail, put nails in the coffin of film use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hype and frenzy of like, oh, film's going away. And get your digital camera, yeah. <laughs> you know what, gang? And I was I'm t- talking to everybody out there. You have to understand that, as Scott said, I, I did ask him, but it's, 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 what he, there's no news there. The excitement was what Scott was doing with his department. Because yeah, there's seven is, divisions. There's and, different and, divisions. And, yeah. And he's selling, he's selling the, uh, selling the heck out of film. His division. He's doing great. He's doing <laughs> yeah. great. But, you know, corporate structure is that you don't know what's going on in those other those other departments. Yeah. You're just you're doing your job the best you can, and he was. Scott doesn't know what's going on with the CEO and the and the uh, CFOs and the board what of directors. CFO? <laughs> the board of directors, uh, the Wall Street guys, the real nasty meetings, <laughs> the banks. Um, Scott's just doing his job the best he can. So. Yes. Scott has Scott has as many an, any as many answers as you could dream up. Like I don't know. 
And he, but he was so cool about it too. Yeah, like he, well, he didn't get angry or no. Anything. He was just, very approachable, very funny guy. Corporate structure is interesting because one day you wake up and not have a job. You know, a, a big corporate entity could just cut a division. Well, especially a corporation that was so big on growth, such as Kodak. So uh, Scott was, you know, I think a lot of people thought like, oh, Kodak's not going to be there, or you know, everybody's going to be down on film. Full it was, force. It was just the opposite. Yeah, it was better than ever. The mm-hmm. excitement about film. People were interested because uh, they saw other people or uh, like uh, you know our posse there, yeah. and it, it piqued their interest. The guys, I guess, the other booths were kind of getting mad at us because we were like so into the Block, product. You're blocking, hey, the hey, you're blocking my product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We tried to set up for an eight by ten shot, and the guy from the next booth was just like, uh, "You guys can't set up here." I'm like, "Dude, I'm like, Yo, we just could, you know, we're gonna take a group shot with Kodak." At first, uh, we mentioned to Scott Di Sabato from Kodak that we're, we want to do an eight by ten shot on Kodak yeah. Portra. He's like, "Great!" And of course, he's always so cool. He's like, "Hey, you know, for, I have to replenish you guys." Yeah. yeah. The first thing he did was come out with two boxes of eight by ten Portra four hundred and, and Triax three twenty. Triax three twenty. Which is awesome. Very awesome. We took our group shot. And, of course, at that time, it was all these massive FPP guys. And did you notice, like, a few other guys we didn't even know who they were? Did you notice, like, a few? There was easily well, ten other guys that we had no idea. Like, yeah. Well, when you, were, when you were finally tripping the shutter, uh, I noticed off to your side, there were people just standing and watching in awe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's not, not that every day you see an 8x10 camera being yeah. shot. Let alone in the uh, big uh, consumer electronics kind of uh, camera show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I, I took a, a picture on my hotspot. There was like the there was a line for free film stretching to the next booth. Was there really? Yeah. Yes. It's very much an assembly line there. Well, yeah. luckily those people didn't catch wind of us because after we took the shot, Scott came out with. As a matter of fact, Dan, would you grab the the, the bag right next to oh, you? Oh yeah. Scott came out of the back with boxes K- of film. Easily I, a big case. I swear yeah. to God, I, my my mind went blank. I didn't know what to do because I was af- I was afraid of a mob. Watch your back, Dan. That's I was, heavy. I was afraid of you know. I'll take it over for you. Take it, put it between yourself yeah. and uh, Matt. Yeah, I put was, it right here. I was scared. I was afraid people were going to like start lining up at like, the FPP. Like diving over us yeah, to grab. Is, this, is, this is film for FPP. Oh, yeah. So I did. I gave everyone that's FPP uh, two rolls of film. Yeah. Someone got a whole pa- pack. Because at first I didn't know. I knew who got a whole pack. Oh, who got uh, Hunter White. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hunter White got a... What did he get? He got 50 sheets of T-Max 400. Four by five. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a hundred bucks. It's tough being young, Hunter. You know what? You know what? People like uh, get mad at you for your, your youthfulness. He's a student. Yeah, exactly. There you, you know, go, Dan. Whatever. He's stu- he's got he's got a hard time. Trust me, I know. Financially, you have a hard time. Uh, we are going to be uh, up on. You have to go to oh, filmphotographyproject.com, our website. Uh, nope. And we're gonna reinvigorate our Kodak. Earlier this year, we uh, got some Kodak uh, film. From Kodak to give away. We had our great Kodak oh, nice. film giveaway. Oh, my God. I, uh, oh. We're just looking. Uh, that's I'm a brick of 20, 120 rolls of Tri-X and another brick uh, with a few missing oh. out. Yeah. There is a... <laughs> All this Portra 160. There is a sheesh load of Portra oh. 160. S- so much, Mike. 20. Tri-X, one, uh, 400 Tri-X 120. Yep. Yeah. That's a uh, doing inventory right bit, now. Bit, bit, bit. Yeah, I have to tell you this <laughs> explosion of an event. I want the monkey cards. I want the monkey cards. 
Well we're, put, Mike. We're like animals. <laughs> As you just heard. Yeah, then maybe this will be the three-hour yeah, show. Maybe this will be the three-hour show. The infamous three-hour show. If we ever have a three-hour show, if people would stop. Like, people just stop. Dad will be serrated. Like, just disappear. Server crashes. Yeah. Anyhow, let me ask you, Dan. Is it true you don't know what a devil dog is? No, I've never seen this Drake's thing before. Okay, this is called Drake's Cakes. They're like brown Twinkies with frosting. New Jersey. Jersey, yeah. Uh, their plant, one of their plants, is right here in Wayne, New Jersey. Nice. Uh, their corporate office is in Irving, Texas. Oh. Drake's Cakes. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Drake's Cakes. They make funny bones. They're really? Coffee cakes. Yodels. Yodels. You know yodel? I know what yodels are. I love you. Ring dings. Ring dings. And devil dogs. This is a Drake's explosion right now, but not as explosive <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Not as explosive-tastic as uh, the Kodak booth, which we left off at. Dan, I need my notes. Give me okay. oh, no okay. crumbs. No I was crumbs. looking for the piece of paper. I was like, why the hell is it? Right. I was trying to... <laughs> what is that, man? I was trying to hand out the film. My foot was actually out. My left foot was out, trying to protect the two boxes of 8 by 10 which were on the ground. Like, I, this is New York City. No no offense to New York City, but shit gets stolen. Stuff walks away. A lot. This like get, my wallet. I was afraid my bag was going to get stolen, but John Fideli kindly took the bag. You I know, can't believe I came back with everything, honestly. A pack of 8x10 gets stolen easy. Well, the 8x10 itself, like, I had people, I felt so bad, because I was like, oh, friend of FPP, guard my shit. <laughs> There's like five people, like, running security. Hey, hey, don't look at that bag. No. <laughs> Keep, keep walking. Matt was talking to Keith Canham, and I, I think I bolted over. And I bolted over and handed you the, the microphone. Oh, yes, and, you know, Keith's a, Keith's a great guy, yeah. and uh, let's roll him in. Yeah. I'm here with uh, large format, ultra-large format, and just best camera maker all around, Keith Canham. Uh, how's it going, Keith? It's going real well. It's going real well. We've been doing the special order film for Kodak, which is why we're in the Kodak booth this year. It's, it's been great. I've ordered two boxes of uh, T-Max 8x10 when it was first discontinued. I freaked out, and then I heard, I heard you partnered with Kodak to get the special order, and I got it through my, uh, my local dealer, Midwest Photo. So I'm so glad you're doing this. Well, I, you know, I appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm really encouraged about film. Literally, I, and I'm in some ways quite surprised. Since last February, we've actually shipped out over $125,000 of special order sheet that's a, film. That's amazing. No one could have fathomed that much film in, in that much time, the, the price, too. Well, yeah, I think that's exactly right. I, I, I mean, I must admit, I didn't expect to sell that much film in this amount of time, especially when we're talking about special order film. So it's so it's 20 by 24, 12 by 20, 11 by 14. Amazing. But I've been seeing even on, on, on Flickr and things, like uh, there's a gentleman I know, he scans, he's doing a drum scanning business, and he's starting to scan ultra-large format for the first time in 20 years, doing a 11 by 14 color and, and, and up. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a photographer here um, in New York City, Robert Palladori, that shoots 11 by 14. Um, color and he scans his stuff. So it's it, it's uh, there's that whole area of photography out there that's going on in ultra large format that people wouldn't think of um, typically. Yeah, and it's it's exciting because there's there's folks. I, I'm you know the large format community always calls me a pup because I'm I'm 25. But there's you know there's even kids younger than me that are shooting uh, ultra large format, large format, and they're really getting into color because it's it's what they grew up with and it's comfortable with them. Well, I'd have to tell you, the first day we were here on Thursday, in the first two hours I stood at the booth, I had four different groups of young people, all female, which is also encouraging to see the females, because 
in the past. I've been at this a long time. A lot of guys. It <laughs> used to be a lot of guys, but um, every, each one of them were, were in some form of higher education. They were either a community college or, or an art school or they were at a university, and all of them were in a photo class that was doing large format. That's and inspiring. They stopped because they saw my large format camera, so there was some connection, and they, you know, they were interested. And so I'm encouraged that way. They were, you know, they were quite interested. They understood. And they're shooting four by five, but that's where a lot of people start. The school. itch is there, yeah. And so I, you know, I think that's a good thing, and we'll see, we'll see that uh, more young people shooting a really big film. That's what I hope to see because I, the more people are shooting it and talking about it, that's how it stays around. And this is just it's so great to see people picking it up. Well, and, and um, I think you're exactly right. And, it, and it, when we talk about the art form of it, that is the creativity, I think that, that there's something about being under a dark cloth with a big ground glass in front of you. It is like no other experience. No, out it, re- there. it really abstracts the world around you and really forces you to like you're you're isolated, but you're you're still out there and every taking everything in in the image. It's, it's so much fun. I think I, I agree. Well, and and I have to say, of course, I, I shoot for my own personal pleasure. But um, when people look at it for the first time and see it upside down in the ground glass, and they go, "Well, well, how do you do this?" I always say, "Well, actually." I think it's easier to compose on my ground class. It's so it much easier than it is. I've got a little point shoot camera that I use, which is a six seventeen or six seven Mamiya. I call that my point shoot. But yes. <laughs> everything's right side up, and, and sometimes I find it very confusing to use. You don't find the right shot, but magically, when it's upside down, you, you do find the right shot, and it's there. Exactly right. I think you're exactly right. Exactly. It's 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 a good thing. Yeah, I'm I'm hanging out with a lot more uh, large format photographers lately, going to different meetups and stuff, and. You know, I get introduced to the world of ultra-large format. Of course, I've got the bug. Itching for a 1220 is, uh, by the time I finally save up the money, you're still going to have that, those available, right? I can, I can buy one? I expect to be around for a long, long time. That's great. Hey, you have a good day. Thanks. Thanks you too, Keith. So what was your takeaway from Keith? You know what? We inspired Keith. Keith's been going to PDN at the Kodak booth for two years, and this is his second year. He just, like, the first thing he said to me, and I don't know if we got this on mic, but he was like, you guys have inspired me. I should have been shooting this thing the whole time. Why didn't I ever think of or even just pretending to shoot the camera? Because we drew, I don't know if you saw, Mike, but we drew such a crowd. I mean, we stopped both aisles, oh, yeah. forwards and backwards. Just everyone was into it. People were shooting. There was a couple of iPhone video shooters. There was people bringing some new test camera over to try and see, oh, what's this kid doing? Old guys, young guys alike. They were just, everybody was interested into the 8x10. All these people wanted to look under the ground glass. So while they were doing that, I was like <laughs> guarding the rest of my film. <laughs> but it was just so cool. And he was, he was just encouraged more that people were into it like that and he said in our interview that a couple of students or gr- groups from like a uh, film school and stuff right right have been shooting large format and they saw keith's cameras and they're like oh the next step up five by seven or eight by ten so absolutely they're very inspired and just he's so encouraged it makes him want to do it more does so. he sell like would he sell to a school like an eight by ten camera with a school purchase from him so that classes can use um canon cameras a really 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 rich school <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of the time they use like the old Calumets, Cambos. Right. They'll probably like the go on K- they'll go on KH and buy the bum. <laughs> right. Now, is your camera a bum? You know what? It's really, it's a bum, but... It's a bum I, that works. It's a bum that works very well. And if you watch one of the Ansel Adams interviews from the 80s, he talks about the 8x10 camera that he captured one of his most famous images on, the, the uh, Moonrise over Hernandez. Yeah. And it was shot on an Eastman Commercial B, same camera. So, like, I'm like, hey, this is Adam's camera. You know, 
Don't mess around. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> well, he was talking about uh, his camera design a little bit, and uh, he showed me how, like, the two rails can go different ways. Yes, you can that's... Go, like, you can use, like, a 400-millimeter lens on that mm-hmm. thing. That's, a, that's and, uh, a design made from R.H. Phillips and Sons, and now we're getting very technical. Um, okay. That was their gift to the world in the 80s. That was a very revolutionary camera design, and Keith took it one step further with more uh, modern uh, ultralight materials. Oh, yeah. But uh, that, also, that also retained their, their rigidity. And, I mean, a Canon camera is easily a two-century camera. <laughs> Centuries. <laughs> oh, you're saying it's built to last? It will last 200 years of, con- of conventional tough. use. The bellows will have to be replaced every, you know, every, every 50 years on the dot, but the camera itself is a tank. Wow. That's, that's something that... Um, blows your mind. It Think blows your it. mind yeah. because like, uh, even like the camera you're using now, it's like a pass-me-down. Yeah, for th- uh, four generations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And your camera's getting so much use. Eastman. I'm beating the ten. shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. But it's getting used, not sitting in a closet somewhere. No, it, and, you know, if I use a digital camera as much as I've been using this thing, the kind of, uh, you know, throw it around, just kind of kick dirt on it, right. get it wet. You get that sensor dust and all that stuff. Yeah, it'd be screwed already. Wow. So I'm just very fortunate that these cameras can, can handle the kind of uh, unholy abuse we now, put how, them through. How would um, Keith feel, like, next year, PDN, what if, like, we went and, like, Worked with Kodak and Keith. Shot some film with a Canon. I'm just talking. I'm, I'm thinking you know as I'm talking. I, I don't think he would be against it at all. He loves shooting. You know what he said to me? Um, I don't know if this was in the interview or not, but he was like, I should have brought my 20 by 24 because people wanted, oh my people, God. people wanted to see bigger. He makes a 20 by 24 camera. It's gorgeous. Kodak makes the film? For Keith in, in batches. Yes, if, they, they, spe- he they special order. He, he, that's another thing. He also special orders any film Kodak currently makes. Right, you can get up to twenty by twenty four as long as they have enough pre orders. Who yeah. who processes a 25, 20 by twenty four sheet? <laughs> good luck. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> that, luck. That, that was what he was saying to me. He's like he's like Matt, twenty by twenty four color. Who's gonna process it? Oh. Like he was even freaking out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? So. If if uh, there's enough or somebody's gonna make something like one of those beyond the zone system type tubes. Yeah, there's know? a. And he said the house in the whatever uh, film house. house no, no, whatever film house in China that's ordered all this color film. Yeah, ordering the twenty by twenty four. They have their own in house. I mean, if they can afford that twenty by twenty four color, they can afford whatever they want to process it in. You know, if you so. do like a rotary system thing, you could probably process you do twenty a lot by of things. twenty four in. Yeah. Uh, in uh, one of those one liter kits, the Tetanols? Oh, one, li- one liter would be stretching. Really? The, even the, in a rotary the, system? Yes, though? even if even at like 10,000 RPMs. Oh, you'd okay. You'd be hurting to, to cover that Your much two film. liter kit. There you go. I'm guessing five liters would be a good coverage for that. I'm sorry, Mike. That's just so no, no, Is no, you droning? No, okay. I'm, I have to tell you guys are talking. My mind is going. You guys are talking. I'm thinking logistic of the, of the podcast. I'm thinking. Okay. This. this podcast you know is going to be long. Let's, let's get Keith to bring an 8x10 camera next time so Matt doesn't have to. There you go. Does, do you think Keith has some kickers? I don't mean that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, no, 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 no. I, I know stuff what you mean. That he has, like, sitting, Prototypes? Stuff on the shelf that he can actually bring out to actually shoot with. I know he has one of everything like ready ready to go. And the 20x24 is his own because that's what he <clears> built for himself. And that's kind of what started this whole, oh, I'm going to start making cameras for people. I mean, there are projects you, we can come up with, like if Kodak donated the film and Keith the camera, we can walk I see around no problem with it. and, like, document the PDN. Like, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like, just... Yeah. Because that was our initial plan. We wanted to do the Kodak booth, uh, an Fuji FPP... Booth. Yeah. Uh, no, we wanted, to, we wanted to do the freestyle guys. Yeah. Freestyle. Freestyle. 
uh, we wanted to do a few things. A few things. We but wanted to get like Scott's portrait. Uh, the reality of it is that once you're there in the frenzy of it all, one the energy, was good enough. One was you're good. like, I think we got it. Yeah. yeah. You know, That's what everybody was saying. They were happy. So for folks who don't know Keith Canham, we spoke with him. And it's, I believe it's Canham Cameras, C-A-N-H-A-M. Yep. Cameras. Is, is there a website? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you're right there. CanhamCameras.com. And these are cameras to die for. They're, they're beautiful. They're dream cameras. Yeah. Like his 12 by 20 is like, oh, dream yeah. camera. Yeah. And Matt, you seem to be itching. What was the other booth you were at? Oh, that we, we did go there just Why didn't before you get an interview? Time. They were mad at you? Um, no, they... Because uh, <laughs> they, they listen to my story. They're like, we heard that episode about the, the uh, Metropolitan yeah. Museum. But that guy was yeah. Japanese. These guys were Chinese. No. Okay. <laughs> Shen Hao, they're Chinese camera makers. and But they make very quality, af- much more affordable cameras. Like the... I would say the Canon camera, the Canon camera is like right. the, like the Ferrari. Are they nemesis yeah. of Canon camera? Uh, no, there's no. That's what's great about the whole film photography. There's no animosity. At the nope. Shun guys like oh that Keith Canon <laughs> <laughs> making his bigger <laughs> making his bigger cameras. No, he's uh, they're very nice, very nice folks. They make a affo- and you know by affordable I mean like twenty five hundred dollars for an eight by ten. Right. So they're you know I don't I don't see Keith as saying they're undercutting them because it's a different kind of it's a different stage of, right. of someone's large format journey. Canem's gonna be Canem's uh, the Ferrari. Yeah. And then like the Shenhao is like like a Taurus now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're not Taurus. They're, they're way better a cheap than Taurus. Yet good car that I can't really think of. Like a like, like yeah a like, Civic. No, better than a Civic. What? what I was drive the cheapest a Civic. camera they have. The cheapest camera they had was uh, they have a very basic four x five field camera, six hundred dollars. Sean Galbraith what, lens? No, 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 no. But it's ultra. But, it's that ultra light one that you can like handle. That's what I want with your thumb and forefinger. It that's was, what I want. Six hundred. As I'm looking at the crown s- graphic, they're six seven hundred dollars, and they weigh they was, weigh less than five pounds. I mean, I thought it was tiny. way more expensive than that. I might have to look into that. They have a pre. Well, they go all the way from basic to premium, and like I, like I was saying, there's less functionality in some of those cameras. Like you, there's a trade off. Canons they handle everything. They do everything. Right. The Shenhaus they do enough. My camera barely does. <laughs> right. yeah. So any of them are a step up for me. You can see me drooling over it. I held the 12 by 20 yeah. film holder. I was like, Mike, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they do a lot of custom work. They're like, name a camera, we'll build it. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited about that. They were like trying to sell me and Sean uh, Galbraith on like, oh, if well, if Matt buys a camera and you guys take a bunch of pictures, you can come to Shanghai and have a show. <laughs> yeah, <he has laughs> a show. <laughs> Which... FPP Shanghai. What do you think, Mike? Hey, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they turned down the interview just because uh, a lot of uh, lost in translation kind of stuff going on in base in just the basic questions on okay. the cameras. Okay. I mean, large formats a universal language, but to a point, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So they were very nice, though. They were yeah. very, very nice. We got their pamphlets, and they are. I'm not sure if if you just type Shenhao, which is S H E N space H H A O into Google, into the Google. The Google. You'll find uh, everything you need to know about Shenhao cameras. They were very excited when I took out my uh, Lomo La Sardinia red sardine can camera. Yeah, they were very excited about the novelty of the small camera, the little flashier. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. doing the peace sign, everything. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Let's take a quick break. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running through 2012. 
Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. That's right, yeah. Support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. Of course, that was our donate spot. Oh, yeah. Uh, FPP is listener-run, and uh, so... These cakesters aren't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but we are. We're like, we're like, FPP's like out of a sardine can. People should know that uh, donations don't just go to food. No, of course no, not. No. <laughs> and we're like public transportation guys. We don't take limos. No, no. we bus in. Yeah, we're, you like know... People, people think I'm like driving, driving in like... Stretch limousine. No, yeah. I'm, I'm taking the taking the the 194 in. I own the cheapest car S- on the planet. Next to the crazy guy on the bus. Yeah. My car has soul, but it's the cheapest car. Soul. Yeah. That so. Kia Soul. You want to pimp the soul? Yeah, on maybe. Podcast? Yeah. So I just want everyone to know that that you know uh, money's put directly into FPP this is a volunteer outfit. I appreciate the patience of folks listening to our spot. Moving right along to the PDN, a very exciting conversation because it was all about paper. Yeah. Freestyle. We've been, we've been digging into the the dark. Yeah. Stuff a our, little more. our good friend Patrick Delabovi at Freestyle. 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 He, uh, of course, immediately, you know, this is our third year there. He was immediately like, hey, Mike. Yeah. It's just a great love. Great love, FPP, Freestyle. Uh, I've bought I've bought my darkroom kit from Freestyle. Yeah. yeah. My caff and all. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy the coffee from them. No. They, they are the place to go yeah. when you just like yeah. can't find it or looking for variety. Freestyle. Freestyle has donated the stuff. A new Diana. And yeah. uh, and to the remember the dark the room Holga giveaway TLR right Holga TLR and also yeah. they contributed to that dark room that was a yeah so yeah you, was, you got like the little uh, a bottle of Rodinol yep. from uh, the mm-hmm. listener and then freestyle oh here you need a stop bath you need the perma wash you need all this stuff here here just take it and make like a full kit so FPP and freestyle is like a match made in heaven yeah. and I was excited because this year Patrick was like you know about these papers it was yeah. photographic paper. Traditional photographic paper. Yep, right. And inkjet paper. Some inkjets, but you can also use them for certain alternative processes. Yeah. Let's yeah. take a quick listen. What are you guys talking about? Paper? Yeah, we're talking about silver gelatin paper right now. And this is Patrick from Freestyle. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Michael. How you doing? Good to see you. Doing great. Tell us about the papers. Well, again, you know, I mean, the ADOX MCC 110 we introduced last year. Uh, I don't remember if we talked to you guys about it. No. I don't think but, we did, no. Um, in our opinion, it's one of the best fiber papers on the market. It's being made in the Adox factory in Germany. Uh, I wish you had a visual here because a picture speaks a thousand words, but look at the quality of the paper. Oh, you can see the amazing. contrast, the blacks, uh, it, it, beautiful, beautiful paper, white base, fantastic. Uh, and it's becoming one of our better selling papers as time goes on, as long as people are discovering it. We had people like John Sexton and Bruce Barnbaum, Steve Anchell. All test this paper before it came out out of the marketplace. So we made sure that when we introduced it, people liked it. Nothing but positive results from them. Anyone that would look in a freestyle catalog, open up to the ADOX page, you'll see what their comments are. Go to our website, you'll see the comments on this ADOX MCC 110 paper. Right. So uh, I'm looking at this beautiful print. Uh, so I'm guessing that very little was done to it. It's processed in maybe a Dectol or an Ilfosol, something very average. It's all the paper talking, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at an 8x10 negative. Uh, oh, you know, hey, Matt, so, get over here. <laughs> so yeah. obviously you're getting the detail there. Where's Matt? Yeah. Where's Matt Mirage? Hey. Come look at some paper. Hey, I can tell you all about these papers. <laughs> oh. Hey! Hey! How's it going? Matt Mirage. Nice to meet you. 
Mr. Patrick, Mr. Patrick, Patrick. Hat. Nice right. to meet you. Right. Well, you know what? People don't want to hear me talk about their product. They want to hear other people that have tried the product talk about I, the I've product. I've only tried one of your products, but I, I know a lot of people that print. I go to print swaps, a lot of large format shooters and papers, everything to them because the, they're all still about the print and sharing prints, which yeah. is what it's all about. Have you heard any positive comments about the ADOX MCC-110 yet? I have not heard a single bad thing about ACC-110. I've heard it's the only, like, true neutral paper out of the, out of the wash. It's, it doesn't, there's no weird color cast to it. It tones like a dream. Yeah. Uh, perfectly stable paper. The contrast is, is right, on, right spot on where it's supposed to be. And it's just, it has a great look to it and a competitive price. Absolutely. It's, it's great seeing a true testimonial yeah. and the pride in your face. When someone's talking about the paper. You know, that's exactly, we let the paper speak for itself, and that's why we send it out to so many people to test, because you know what? We're freestyle, so of course, you know, and, and I don't want to say of course, we do test everything. We do make sure before we bring a product out onto the market that it's going to do what it says it's going to do, and it's going to be something that people are going to like. I mean, that's, that's been our reputation yeah. for 65 years. But hearing you talk about it, I think does a lot more than me talking about it. Well, well, they're sick of talking to me. They want to hear somebody else. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the MCC 110 you uh, offer in sample packs, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. You can buy an 8x10 sample pack. You get five sheets. I think it's $5.99. This way, you know what? You get to test it before you go and spend $30, $40. Bucks. That's right. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about the MCC, it's only packaged in, in, in packs of 25 other than okay. the sample pack of five that you just mentioned. Okay, so you can't buy a box of like a hundred. Can't buy a box of a hundred. No, the okay. stuff is still very limited production, okay. and it's only done again packaged from the standpoint in sheets of uh, twenty-five per pack. Well, then again, I'm I'm buying uh, sheets of maybe Ilford at uh, one hundred count boxes uh, just so I can get the price down a little bit to where it's a little bit more reasonable, you know. And uh, it sounds like the uh, MCC one ten. Uh, you're kind of already getting that savings up front, even though, though you're only buying 25 at a time, right? I'm glad you put it that way. Uh, that is the reason why when you package paper, you're going to package it in larger size quantities because the more you buy, the more you're going to save. MCC 110, you hit it right on the head. It's, it's, it's one price, whether you buy 25, 50, 75, 100. There is no savings as you go up because we've priced it right, right out of the box. Again, we want to keep it affordable. That's what Freestyle is about, is bringing traditional products to the market, keeping traditional products out there on the marketplace, and making sure they stay affordable for everybody. Uh, I see these other great-looking prints, like this This Foma, is it, that looks like almost golden. Uh, to, to, can you tell, tell us about the other papers you have on display here? Yeah, I can tell you a little bit. Um, I can tell you that from a standpoint of Foma, and this is a process, this is a paper that's been processed through Lyft. Okay, if so you guys print. are familiar with yeah, lift printing, yeah. Uh, you know I don't know how popular lift printing is amongst you guys, but how popular? Eh, you get a couple guys every now and then. Okay. I know I know a, a lady. Love, she loves yeah. lift printing, and yeah. she does it on Foma, and she uses uh, one of your papers. I don't remember which one. It's a chamois yeah. finished paper. Awesome for lift printing. Yeah, I'd like to try it at some point, but uh, it's just a different chemical process, right? Different developer. It's basically Thanks. taking an AB developer that was actually created and intended for lift printing process, lithograph printing process years ago. Someone discovered it, actually one of our advisory board members by the name of G. Nocon kind of was experimenting with it, playing with it, came up with the lift printing process as we know of it today. And it's, it's, it's an AB developer. It's sort of something where you expose for the highlights and you develop for the D-Max. So take your traditional printing and keep it opposite. And that's exactly what you do. It's, it's, it's a snatch process because 
you stick a paper that you've exposed under, uh, you know, in a, in a larger that you've exposed, you stick it into the AB developer, and then you sort of watch it. And you pull it out when you see that D-Max hit the max, when, you know, when it gets the, the maximum black. Yeah. And it's an interesting process, and it's fun to play with. One thing that Freestyle does in Southern California, we go around to colleges all around Southern Cal, and we actually teach students how to live print. We go into schools and do it. Everybody that's seen us do it, they're hooked. They're addicted yeah. to it. They love it. It's, it's, it's seeing it and knowing about it. And, you know, I think you guys also have a great group of, of educators as well as just a different, you know, wide uh, spans of professionals that test the paper. And, like, you know, the, the catalog is a joy to have around because there's articles in there, too. Yeah. You, you hear about, you know, pros using it. And, and talking about the, pro, the pros and cons uh, of using certain processes, and they're very, very transparent about. It. I also like the site that has, you know, you guys are you guys are transparent on ship dates. You're like, look, this is when it's cut in, it's in red. It's like, we know we're going to have it in six weeks. They, they don't BS you, say, oh, call or, or do anything like that. It's, it's great to order. It's important. It's very important, especially because we need to know. We need to know. Yes. Yeah. Nothing upsets us more than when a manufacturer backorders us. Uh, nothing. And, and again, you know, we've gone out and done things on our own because manufacturers sometimes don't live up to our expectation. You know, if I order something from a manufacturer and they go, well, it's six months. I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. We went and developed our own line of photo oils, which we call Arista photo oils for people that want to do hand coloring. Because, oils, yeah. because the well-known supplier out there couldn't live up to expectations, back-ordered product, couldn't ship it in a timely manner. We got frustrated and said, you know what? We went out and contacted a company by the name of Gamblin, who's big in the arms yeah. supply industry, and we developed our own photo oil line. And those are the things we do. That's one of the reasons we developed the UV light box. People are getting more into alternative. They're making them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I mean, alternative. I do carbon printing. <laughs> Insane stuff. The, the alternative processes is something that's, you know, it's becoming more and more popular. People are kind of like rediscovering or discovering it for the first time. Digitally accessible too. Digital yeah, photographers digital are yeah, are making negatives, and exactly. it's it's a starting point. And but then they have to kind of like relearn it too. So they're uh, they're picking up more traditional stuff. The more they like the dark room, then they they get back into the other fine offerings you guys have. So absolutely, absolutely. Two things I want to mention when it comes to digital negs, or one thing I want to mention: Arista OHP material. Arista OHP material for making digital negatives. Okay. Try it. If you haven't tried it, it's on the site. Right. Please try it. Now? It's Arista OHP. OHP. Is yeah. that the, uh, the it's, uh, transparency for making digital negatives? Right. Oh, exactly. What's the base on it? How thick? Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I'm sorry, I don't know it. Three mil, five mil. I believe. Oh, so this is five mil. Five mil. Okay. Sorry. I believe three, three mil like reticulates if you use like a vacuum okay. and. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a techie. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's all right. So that's all right. So it's on the site. Look in the catalog. Okay. So to dumb it down, this is material that you inkjet print on to Correct. make digital negatives. Now, what if, what if uh, you know, digital negatives is like a whole new world, and it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Me, I like working under the enlarger, so I'm finding less and less of that ortholith film, you know, that you could enlarge to and just have like a clear, uh, clear print, essentially. Is there any hope for people who like to work that analog process to get a bigger uh, enlarged 35 to a bigger negative? Is there any hope? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could say yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that ortholitho film is, unfortunately, the manufacturer, there was one manufacturer that made it. We bought everything they made, and that's how we were sort of able to keep it around as long as it's been around. 
unfortunately. Do you guys still have the Arista E6 kit? Because I love it. It's, it was my it was my favorite. I got it from you guys. Uh, you know what? I believe we still do. I got to look at the catalog. It's again. the only home E6, and it's yeah. at a student price. You know, the the one shot uh, one liter kit, and I've been I've been talking it up on the podcast and the Tetanol kits that you guys sell. All the, all the press kits, they're awesome for home processing. They have a good temperature range that people can work with at home in their bathroom in the kitchen and they're getting great results yes no excellent and you know what just keep checking the site and keep looking on the site i believe we still have that again there's things that are coming in and going out and things we're redeveloping and redoing you know i mean believe it or not it appears there's more traditional products on the market today than there were about 10 or 15 years ago which is kind of interesting you know if you really think about it it's not all the brands and all the well-known things that people may remember from 20 years ago but it's new names, and one of the things that I always tell people is don't get so locked into something that used to be. Look at what's now. Yeah. There's something else I wanted to mention, and I know it won't articulate well you know, coming over a podcast, but it's something that we're experimenting in with alternative processing, traditional photography, historical processes, and artistry that we're kind of putting together, and we're calling it photo artistry. So if you look at our recent catalog, you're going to see what we call our crossover section. And it's taking the different processes because, again, it's not just about one process. It's not just about what photography should be. It's what photography could be. And that's sort of one of the things that we're trying to get people to see from a standpoint. And I shouldn't say it's us that's doing it because we listen to our customer base. We listen to the educators. And it's really the educators and the students out there that are kind of saying, you know what? I've got this available, and I've got this available, and I've got this available in this, and they're taking it all together, and they're creating art. They're creating art. Because let's face it, digital by itself, boring. Okay? Traditional photography, beautiful. But you know what? Take it and take it to the next step. Take it and put this and this and some some photo oils, or, or there's a print up there that we've taken a digital photograph. Yeah. We've made a digital negative on OHP material. That's right. Okay? Then we've taken and done an type on it in the UV light box on vellum. Okay, anyone know what vellum yeah. is? It's like oh, yeah, a tracing yeah. paper. Yeah. And then I, we've taken the vellum and we've backed it with gold leaf and platinum leaf. Oh, the, the, the dual yeah. tone, you nice. Take a picture of it and show right. it to uh, you know anyone on, on, on your yeah. site that could look at it. I'll tell you what, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. Look at that. That's tr- photo artistry. And there's a lot of people that are starting to get into photo art. There's a lot to be said about the the process. A lot of people are, you know, as much as the as much as the prints are beautiful, they get addicted to the process too because it, it's tactile. You're not just sitting in front of a computer, monkeying around in, in a program. You're you're making it. It's with your hands, yeah. blood, sweat, and tears, kind of stuff. To escape. Yeah. Yeah. To, escape. Well, I don't know, to escape. Well, it's an escape from your computer life. You know? Absolutely, I would agree. Yeah. Challenge your creativity. Yeah. That's what we keep saying. So, yeah, so there's a lot of fun things happening at Freestyle yeah. and it continues to happen. Yeah, thanks for the roundup. I think you know we're huge supporters, and uh, we even have a sound effect for you guys. Yeah. Freestyle. 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 So thanks, Pat. Hey, really appreciate you guys, because if it wasn't for you guys, there'd be no us. So just remember that. Thank you. Thanks. You guys are totally into this. Yeah, well, I mean, it's You're the paper. paper guys. I, I kind of am a paper I, guy now. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't have my, as much experience as Matt, but I just have just as much love for the dark room. You know, <laughs> what was your takeaway from the freestyle? Uh, they're on it. They are they are above the curve trend wise. Really committed. They are very committed to as much as they can get their hands on. And you know, Patrick did a great job of explaining. Look, we we are as transparent as we can be. 
with, with stocks. Sometimes companies don't meet their expectations, but they're going to get it. Right. They're going to get what they can to support any of the traditional processes, whether it be you know people, digital photographers making digital negatives and doing processes, or someone who's like all traditional darkroom. Right. They are all about promoting it, hybrid workflows, any of that. Whatever they can do to ease the somebody into the darkroom, that's what they love to do. And I noticed this year they're really pushing big on alternative process, and they really are ahead of the curve because people are jumping headfirst into things like wet plates, cyanotype, Van Dykes. Right. You it, saw that uh, UV kit. Yes, the UV kit. You know what, Mike? We need to, like, if we could give away one of those. What is it? Tell me about it. They have a UV light box. It, it's like a, it looks like a briefcase, right. a big aluminum briefcase. And it's a, a very lightweight, um, portable UV light box. And it would be for exposing alternative process stuff like a Van Dyke or a Cyanotype. It's a mobile sun right. yeah. for exposing very consistent light output, very close to the uh, the photographic surface or photosensitive surface. They're perfect. You know, Patrick was saying this is the next and larger, and it really is because no one's going to be printing out negatives to enlarge, but they will be printing out on those big, you know, like transparencies from yeah. their big printers. They'll print out a huge digital negative blowing up an image or a scan. You're saying we'll be printing out our own negatives on and then use this UV box to make your print. To make an alternative yeah. process print. It has it already. Yes. What does the print look like? Gorgeous. Well, you, did you see that, that process. There's all, there's like 50, 60 different processes. Even more if you look if I'm, you do I'm photographic history. Like fascinated. Another thing is and I was talking to Dan about this is, you know, it's a hassle for him to set up the whole dark room, you know, darken everything out and then get the red bulb on and all that stuff. Yeah. But a lot of these uh, UV contact printing processes, um, while you're sensitizing, you're painting on your emulsion or doing yeah, anything really on. creative, you can have like a, a couple of bulbs on. No fluorescence yeah. or sun, but you can have you can do it in your kitchen. And a lot of guys that do platinum palladium in their kitchen. You can hand coat the papers, let them dry somewhere like in a cabinet, and then you pull it out. You have that handy dandy little briefcase box. You put it into your contact frame, put it under there, and then all you have to do is wash it and you can have the lights on. It's very, um, very light friendly, these processes. And I think everybody... We'll be getting into them very soon. If you pick up the Freestyle's newest catalog, their their fall catalog, <laughs> it's all about that UV light box, and it is yeah. at a like a. It's really not at a, a premium price point. It's intimidating, but it's it's if it is the new Something and larger, going to use forever. forever. Yeah. Forever. yeah, and the bulbs are fluorescent bulbs. You can replace those the, easy. Uh, for those folks out there who don't know the the Freestyle, they put out an amazing print catalog. Every yes. quarter, I think. It's almost like a magazine because there's articles in there about it's, using the product. It's the bomb. And it's to drool over and there's so much stuff that you could order. It's, it's My Christmas list is made in like just highlighting yeah, stuff. It's like the Sears catalog. When I was it a is, kid. yes. The or, the to- or the Toys R Us catalog, the big yeah. one. Yeah, the big book. Yeah, you circle it and you give it to your mom and your mom gives it to Santa, yeah, Santa, Claus. Yeah. Santa Claus. For me, it was the JCPenney catalog. In really? the back, the toys. Yeah. Oh, the toys, okay. Yeah. All that stuff Patrick was talking about. Yes. Yeah. I was amazed. He had so many papers. Yes. Yep. So many papers. Well, because there's so many processes. So, you, know, you talk about a trip to Los Angeles, a trip to Hollywood. The, the trip for us to take would be to go to Freestyle. Yeah. And spend a day with Patrick to get to really dig in. I wonder if they have a, a live darkroom set up. I'm sure they have some sort of great demonstration room where they can do yeah, this. Yeah, to of really stuff. dig in. Guys, this has been uh, an amazing. Uh, oh, it's a big oh, shoe. After Freestyle, we were burnt out. We realized there was like a, a, a snow apocalypse outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leaves are still on the trees. That's what's weighing the them down. That's yeah. why they're falling. This has been an extravaganza. Would we leave it? We leave anything out? I don't know. We, should, we just have to make we sure it's to. the three-hour shoe. Listen, anything we left out, you know. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right in for some film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. It's going to be two weeks. In two weeks, we're going to come back. We got some great 
shows lined up for the rest of the year because we have some guests. Yes. 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 We, we minus one John Fideli, but we filled in John Fideli with uh, our good friend Alex Laux. Got it. Got it. <laughs> and uh, our new friend, student Hunter White from New York City School of Visual Arts. It's going to be great. It's going to be some great shows. And by the time you're done listening, it'll be like, what, two days before the podcast? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a long yeah. one. So uh, so we'll be back in two weeks. And really, thanks a lot, everybody. See you then. See
that image, that event, that, that person, that, that family, person, anybody, 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 it's recorded. It's recorded. 20 years down the road, it'll be a classic. It'll be a classic. It'll be a classic.